All right, everybody, thanks for hitting the download button on the latest episode of the Attitude Era podcast, family-friendly version. Won't be putting no salt and pepper on our words here today. I've got a big guest coming up later on. First and foremost, though, want to take a pause for the cause, help pay those gimmicks they send to the mail called bills. You don't know already, selfie.com forward slash A-E podcast. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com forward slash A-E podcast. Commentary tracks to play over wrestling movies are available to download now. You can get these for $5. That's around three pounds. You download them. Put that gimmick into your PayPal, pay online, play alongside that little gimmick you call a DVD when you put it in your computer or your TV to watch along with the AE boys ruining this movie for you. There's a wide selection up there available now. You can get Beyond the Mat. You can get Wrestling with Shadows with Bret the Hitman Hart, one of the greatest technical wrestlers of all time. You can also see my movie, the five-star classic, Two Thumbs Up, Heho. I'm talking about The Condemned. Kevin and Adam watched it for the first time ever. They were disgusted by my acting. I do not agree with their assessment. And just add it now, if you want some more Billy Keeble in your life, Billy Keeble joined Kevin and Adam to sit down and do a commentary track on Scooby-Doo and the WrestleMania mystery. Who ain't fantasized about Scooby-Doo find out what's going on WWE City? Ho <laughs> ho, that's every young meddling kid's dream. I want to take a pause for the cause now and get over to my guest at this time who's promoting his new podcast. I want to send all over to my main man, Jim Ross JR. How are you doing? Thanks a lot, Steve. I just want to let you know that I disagree with every popular opinion on Twitter and I will spend 40 minutes of this week's show. Make sure you check it out. I had an argument with someone on Twitter about something I said on my blog and... Well, I didn't agree with them, folks. So make sure you check that out. It'll be on my podcast this week. I expect I'll start talking about actual wrestling at around the 45-minute mark. But I'm very happy to have on my podcast at this moment guest who's promoting his new podcast, Y2J Chris Jericho. You may know him from being the new Steve Austin on the network. Chris, take it away. That's great stuff, Chris. I want to have my next guest now, who also is having a new podcast debut. I want to send all over now to Taz, who's joining me, and he's got a new podcast. Thanks a lot, JR. You know, a lot of people said to me, Taz, you shouldn't have a podcast. Well, I got a podcast. I found a place where I could host it for free, and it's up there now. Hear me talk to people you didn't know I had a relationship with. Beat me if you can. Survive my podcast if I let you. And my next hard-hitting guest. Get the answers straight. The facts straight. Shoot from the hip, brother. It's Josh Matthews. Thanks a lot, Taz. It's me, Josh Matthews. Thankfully, no one's familiar enough with me to figure out whether or not Kevin is doing a good impression of my voice. I'm recording this podcast live now during an episode of TNA Impact because, let's face it, no one's actually paying attention. Join me on my podcast where I'll talk about... Blazers are fucking something, I don't know. But joining me now on my podcast, I'm very happy to have him on. He's my new guest and he is starting his own podcast. Please welcome Triple H. 
Thanks a lot, Josh. It's my new podcast, Best for Business, with me, Triple H. I thought it was a good idea for me to have a lengthy one-hour weekly form where I could continue my revisionist history and let all you people know how I apparently created the Attitude Era. Steve Austin, that was actually me. And in the next episode, I'll be interviewing all the former members of the clique to find out how each and every one of them were the single most important part of this business ever. But joining me now on my podcast... Someone who's going to be promoting his own podcast, it's my pops, Vince McMahon. Hey, pal, it's my new podcast. It's called Steak Rap with Vince McMahon. And joining me now on my podcast, I'm going to have someone who has a new podcast of his own. I'm talking about a rotten, no-good, lousy son of a bitch, Vince Russo. Thanks, Vince. You know, I mean, I'm not sure if anyone's going to hear my podcast this week. I got locked out of my site, and uh, I actually lost the rights to my own name this week. So if you could avoid calling me Vince Russo, that'd be great, because I swear to God, I will never talk about wrestling again. But joining me on my podcast is someone who's going to have their own podcast. I don't think there's anyone left to interview. Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast, episode number 29, and it's another SummerSlam 2000 coming to us from Raleigh, North Carolina. Hello everyone, once again, I'm Kevin Madden, joined as I am always in this uh, review of the Attitude Era by my cohorts, comrades, and colleagues. First of all, Adam Bibolo. Hello, Adam. Hello there, Kevin. Have you got summer fever? Some, is that a thing? I don't know, It's because it's like SummerSlam, isn't it? It's the biggest party of the summer, way summer. There's nothing really summery about it this year, to be honest. There's no beach or anything like that. They could learn a lot from WCW in terms of making a summer pay-per-view feel like the season. I don't know, WWF has always like had a bit of a rough use of the word summer, considering that August is not in summer, it is in autumn. That's true. And you it's always the same two letters and everything, it's a giveaway. And at the end of every single month of August as well, so basically this is usually the last weekend before you have to go back to school. Yeah, so, so summer's dead. Some party this is. <laughs> and to my left, unquestionably the baddest man on the planet, Billy Keeble. Hello, Billy. Hello. Are you uh, got summer fever? I have. I'm ready to summer slurp it up. Hey, there you go. Summer slam jam, thank you, ma'am, says the macho man. All right, well, it's been an interesting month since Fully Loaded. The Commissioner Foley era continues to uh, delight us and entertain us with delightful Mick Foley being all funny and adorable and just wanting to cuddle him and all that like he's the absolute best isn't he just he's so fucking lovely and adorable but we've got a love triangle which is formed on the horizon Uh, long 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 gestating Kurt Angle with his wandering eyes he's clearly got the hearts for old Stephanie McMahon and it's been uh, blowing off on all the shows in the lead up to this including Kurt Angle doing a cuddle and a kiss on Stephanie, so this is going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, I may as well bring this up now as well while we're talking about it. A lot of people have been asking on Twitter about why I've not really been doing the magazine covers as much as I used to. I do still check them, it's just they're literally not worth the time we spend <laughs> yeah. talking about them. They're so shit. This one was like a picture of China smiling, that was literally it, there's nothing to say. Does it, does it smile to say, if they only knew, or something like <laughs> that? <laughs> or China's burning desire or something? If we get a good one again, I'll obviously bring it up, but... 
for, if, if I don't mention it, assume it was shit. Oh, basically. okay. All right. Yeah. That's fine. Well, it's time to get kick-started with SummerSlam 2000. We've got a love triangle, and oh yeah, there happens to be a WF title involved in there somewhere. Some guy called The Rock or something like that. I'm sure that'll come up at some point. It's SummerSlam 2000. Crimes of Passion by Freddie Fellini. That promo, that package was so bizarre. I was kind of expecting we'd find out who killed Laura Palmer by the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. It's the most abstract thing they've done so far. It's the best student film that WWE has yeah. ever produced in my mind. Crimes of Passion set to Beethoven's ninth. Kind of an interesting one, I suppose, for this. It's a load uh, of bollocks, I think. Really? <laughs> it was a load of, a load of shit. shit. I mean, it well, was so self, so up its own ass. Yeah, really. Like, Are you calling Freddie Blassie a fucking hipster? I'm not calling him a hipster. He's he's just in it. He's just a puppet, mate. He's overnight. You've probably never heard of it, <laughs> you know. It was nice to see Freddie back, though. Yeah, yeah. some weird know. context for him to be back here. Very weird context. We've got basically Freddie Blassie sitting in an old black and white room looking at video footage of Kurt Angle, you know, like leering at Stephanie and stuff like yeah. that. And then him having a proper big laugh. And then there's like clowns around him. Yeah. yeah. There's, like, there's like a Curtis Hughes looking lad. He just appears at one point and starts smiling and flexing. And like, what's going on here? And it doesn't like, you'd think it was going somewhere like yeah. there was going to be some point at the end of it or some joke and it would all be a big riff on something. But yeah. that was it. It just ends. It was really like, weird. It was a, I was hoping it would end at the end of him lying in the gutter. like, don't cry for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm already dead. dead. <laughs> Sadly, this was a, 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 far, a far cry from football in the ground. But one nice part about this was that we got to see, you mentioned there was all kind of clowns and stuff like that. Do you remember Christian when he turned heel and he had his Christian? Oh, the, the masks. At last the, you're on the, your yeah, own. Yeah, the footage is time trying the people wearing their happy and sad masks. Of course. Was yeah, was that here? So I did check online. Freddie Fellini is not Freddie Massey's sh shoot name. Right. Mayo. Do they think we wouldn't know that it was Freddie so Blassie? In, so so in, in kayfabe, Freddie Blassie actually made the package himself on oh this God, Freddie Fellini yeah. apparently did. I don't know who this like, Freddie Fellini... I mean. We shouldn't be this confused by an opening package. This is meant to explain stuff to us. I'm so Is this what happens confused. if you give like Freddie Blassie full creative control? Like, <laughs> you can do whatever you want with the package. You can make your own little movie, Freddie. Like, this is why he's been gone this whole time. Like, he's been, he's been working on this. He's working on his movie. He did a Kickstarter for it. Like, you know, hi, I'm Freddie Blassie and I want to make an awful promo package for SummerSlam 2000. I need 80 million dollars. <laughs> Give me your money now. But I suppose it is highlighting, of course, Kurt Angle 
Stephanie and Triple H and of course all the amazing things in between we've had Triple H very famously getting busted with Trish Stratus where they were in like a tag match together and she's like oh could you like teach me some moves because I don't know how to wrestle and he's like yeah yeah sure if you just grab my dick and then uh, <laughs> bend over yeah, and take your top off and Steph was like what's going on like oh no what a horrible <laughs> what, mistake what kind of wrestling move is that what can- just I'm going to stand behind you and you're going to bend over <laughs> yeah he's going I'm not saying that's how you overcome a hammerlock. Is like you yeah, just you, you yeah. grab my hand and you sweep down in between your legs, just right past your gooch, and, uh, <laughs> and then you can uh, you know sweep my legs off the ground and then you know kiss me. I don't know, maybe that might work. I did it against the Rock. Um, <laughs> yeah, Stephanie, very very mad at Triple H for several reasons, most of them involving Trish Stratus in a tag team match with Trish and. Uh, Triple H against The Rock and Lita. At the end of the match, The Rock hit Triple H with a chair and he fell face first into Trish Stratus's private area. And so Raw went off the air with Triple H just his face gently lying there and, uh. and The Rock kind of going, ha ha, look at him, that loser. He's, he's going to He's going to get... <laughs> the Rock says you're going to get cooties. <laughs> I don't like girls, uh, you know. So Kurt Angle, in the meanwhile, has been uh, seeing a lot of Stephanie. Yeah. calling her his friend mm. and uh, making eye contact and hugging her and then hugging her some more and hugging her for slightly too long it's uh, it led up to a really awkward kiss between the two of them Stephanie got knocked out and Kurt did a kiss on her yeah that's it's a good job he's a heel I guess at least they made the heel do this and it wasn't a face because you know in Attitude Era you never know what could happen Olympic gold medalist Robin Thicke over here like I mean, for <laughs> fuck's sake you know very very dodgy stuff indeed yeah. but yes The Rock is kind of very much taking a background role in tonight's main event it is all about that love triangle so I don't know it's very peculiar that yeah very very peculiar indeed we opened with Jim Ross <laughs> Man without a face. Yeah. He's got glass in his eye, and more on that one later. He's got all these big scars, and like, you know. It looks pretty grim. I also suspect that, that this this whole sort of thing's being done because he's had a bout of Bell's palsy again. No, I don't. I don't that actually is why they did it. They've, uh, this was just part of the storyline, I think. Really? I, I don't think he actually did have a bout of it. Oh, really? We'll yeah. delve more into this later when we get to that match, I guess. Yeah. But, um, JR opens up the show with the line, We're live, we're sold out with a $1 million gate. Yeah, that was a weird there's no need to brag about how much money you've taken <laughs> that, that's really fucking annoying Thank breaking news much. here from WWF.com The Rock has sold another t-shirt we'll keep more on you uh, <laughs> as this develops it's, it's pretty good as well that they've, they've managed to earn just that, that round of number the last guy who was coming into the chief seat only had to pay a dollar of of <laughs> we made a million and six dollars here tonight folks I can't believe it our opening contest holy fuck look who's here at last it's the right to censor taking on too cool and Rikishi oh god right to censor we mentioned these guys obviously fully loaded making an appearance but now not just a man with a sign asking people to ban this sick filth he's got an entire editorial staff of Daily Mail do-gooders yeah. with him Stephen Richards now flanked by Bull Buchanan and the good father oh my god the hoes are gone they, they could have at least tried with the godfather to change oh, his name oh Billy no the do you not good like this father. it's fucking terrible <gasps> But he's oh. the good father. He's yeah. better now. 
No, he's not. He's worse. I like The Godfather. Did you what like... is this? There's no more hose. They had to get rid of the hose, basically, I mean, because I, of the I, parents' television cancelled. I so. don't care about the hose. I care about The Godfather. Fun-loving oh. Godfather. True. Yeah, you're, you're getting worked, mate, is what's I know. happening. <laughs> I want The Godfather back, not this prick. This this oh. is literally the exact thing I think every child went through. Yeah. And young adults during this time. I don't want The Godfather. <laughs> I don't know. It's not The Hose. I don't care about The Hose. I want The Godfather back. I wanted to have a hat again. Such a terrible theme as well. The right to censor theme. Well now, come on. If you can even call it a theme. It's more of a ringtone than a theme, I'll give you that. I think you're getting completely worked on every level by right to censor. It just... This it just great. annoys me. There's two it's kinds of right to censor fan, right? There's a, well, people, there's two kinds of ways you can react to right to censor. There's those of us who just hear that 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 kind of part of the the theme music, and then there's the the thinking fans who kind of hear the 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 If you listen for if you listen to the bit in the background, like a minute in, it starts to creep in there. There's an actual song. It very much seems like WWF has got this loud, irritating noise. It's just making, but if you very much pay attention, you can see that. Smooth bass that's been <laughs> very articulately written in, like, oh, look at that smooth bass. Oh, they got rid of uh, the, the hose. Very smart there, how they did that without pissing everyone off at the WWF. They were pretty smart about that. The Godfather has basically washed his hands of the hose. He lost a match to Bull Buchanan, who was the first, like, believer in Stephen yeah. Richards, where the hose had to go forever. And now he came out, and instead of, like, wanting to get the hose back, He's wearing a pair of glasses and beaten up hose instead, <laughs> which is somehow better. Yeah, much that, better. that's something I don't understand either. The RTC, they're, they're, like, yeah. they're, they're like, they're kind of like, they're kind of presented as like the Christian far right, but without saying any of that. Yeah, religion. Yeah. yeah. But they're—it's it, weird. They're saying so. We don't want to see any of this um, degrading stuff with women. Then beat them up. Yeah, it's it's really it's, strange. It's, it's a weird double standard they've Again, got. Again, I think that's all part of it, like, because that makes you hate them even more, because they're hypocrites. Like, they, they can't even stick to their own rules. I think that makes them even better heels. Definitely, because they, they, they claim they're, like, you know, good guys and stuff like that. And I think it's WWF trying to be vaguely critical of, like, the likes of the parents' television mm. council or whoever, who's, like, saying they're acting in your own good, and on paper you can maybe see their point of view, but they're arguing that, you know, the ways in which censorship goes about it can be quite clunky. Not mm. to say the Parents Television Council are going around beating up women, as far as I know. <laughs> They're not a violent organisation in that in that respect. Yeah. Another kill thing, when Bull Buchanan joined up with Stephen Richards, he cut this like mad, like heartbreaking promo, and he's like, why did I join Stephen Richards? I don't have to go home and explain to my little girl that daddy works for a pig house. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, daddy has to go and you know, earn his living with all these sexualized deviants walking around. Like, he's like, I have to you know, cry my little girl to sleep. And I'm like, I'm sorry I work in this horrible place. Jesus. But, so like, Bull Buchanan, obviously, times Just are... Just fucking t- quit. Work, work somewhere else, <laughs> mate. You know? He's, he's obviously not one for celebrity, as old Bill Buchanan. But the right to censor... It's interesting to see how this goes, but in my mind, as a kid, like, I'm completely agree with you, but I fucking hated them. Mm, Absolutely. Like, worst ever. But in terms of, we, like, look now in the next few months and we see how much the product changes and how smart WWE were, were that they're able to peg all this on a bunch of baddies as opposed to... Outside sources. Yeah, and never at one point in 2000 did someone turn around with, 
fucking WWF with not having any money. Where are my hoes? Where yeah. is my where is my porn star gimmick? Where is uh, where is the Godfather? They they literally were giving out like it was Stephen Richards who had done it. Yeah, they pegged it on so like the lowest man on the roster became the fall guy <laughs> for that. Like if Blue Meanie obviously wasn't available, like you know or something like. Imagine that. if Blue Meanie was the the, the head of that would have been sensor. brilliant. That would have been, been hilarious. Yeah. Like, yeah, he slimmed down or whatever. But uh, <laughs> they will be here till the end of the attitude era, so they've got time to try and convert you. And, yeah, you know. Change your opinion, Billy. All right, I mean, they're they're they are very good at pissing you off, like yeah. kind of. But it's um, they're effective heels for sure. Very effective and perfect for the Attitude Era as well. Stephen Richards on the microphone complains how the Bible Belt fans boo them. Like, <laughs> I thought you guys liked the Bible. Fuck's going on, bro. <laughs> Good father coming out as well, and uh, the Save the Hose campaign, which has been uh, led by a, a young wrestler who, uh, who who makes her debut on the podcast. I didn't even realize when I was a kid that she had appeared here. But do you, you know Victoria? Yeah, I know Victoria. No, I yeah, don't, I don't know Victoria. Victoria also Tara in uh, in TNA, but she's actually the lead hoe. So she was actually lead uh, the lead hoe. She was leading this campaign with like a placard saying "Save the Hose." Stephen Richards immediately looks dishevelled. He's like, yeah, he comes out and he's all perfect with suit. And he's like, the right to censor. And then it cuts to you know the Rikishi that comes out. It cuts back to Stephen Richards. His fucking hairs all uncombed, yeah. ties all loose, like big frown on his face. See, I can't even remember what Stephen Richards. Well, he's Stevie Richards, wasn't it? He was Stevie Richards. No, I, I can't. I can't remember what Stevie Richards even looked like before. Well, he had no. long hair. I recall. He did. Yeah. yeah. Remember, he used to come out and do some imitations and stuff, and uh, right. we saw him once or twice. But yeah, he definitely didn't look like this. Yeah, he's turned into a cross between C. Thomas Howell and um, John Laurinaitis. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Scott and Sexay work over Bull Buchanan to start off, and it's very, very hot action. The crowd are absolutely nuclear. And the great thing about the right to censor is that even though you've got, you know, heel Godfather, not a very interesting wrestler, big clunky lads, and Bull Buchanan, obviously, big clunky lad. Stevie Richards, not exactly an amazing wrestler uh, in WWF. Mm. But the heat on them was always huge because yeah. people wanted to see him get beat up so much. Godfather goes outside and the hoes are like, yeah, you should like employ us to be prostitutes again. And then he just beats them up. Yeah. It's Proper hard as well. Like, like, yeah. Throws stiff. them around. It's scary. Like, really, really scary. Yeah, really, really shocking. It's, it's funny, like, I keep saying to myself, oh, yeah, they kind of use this to clean up the WF a lot. But it's like... Not all of it. Right. Getting rid of... The fact that you're portraying sex workers on TV, there's ways to get rid of them without beating them up along the way. Like. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Stephen Richards eats a superplex, and then we get a hot tag to Rikishi. Rah! All of Right to Censor get thrown in the corner, and they do triple butt smash on him. Such a good spot. Yeah, particularly you can see Grandmaster Sexway grabbing his butt lots, you know, yeah. checking yeah. to see if he's got any little balloons up there, <laughs> yeah, left anything behind him, any dice or anything like that. Bull Buchanan hits the scissors kick, though, and then uh, we get the worm attempted from Scotty Too Hotty, and the crowd is going absolutely W-O-R-M, but oh no, Stevie Richards with a botched Stevie kick. Nowhere near. <laughs> oh my Nowhere God. Nowhere near. It was like a meter out. It was so obvious. He, not from a million camera angles could have made it look no, like that no man's way. foot came into contact with his face what well, basically was that was the well. finish Ugh. Stevie like basically slipped on a banana peel <laughs> and the embarrassment that Scotty felt for him was so much that he got knocked out <laughs> right to censor win which is a common occurrence these guys not only where they always have nuclear heat with the fans these are the kind of group you think oh a bunch of faceless guys in shirts and ties 
Surely these guys are going to be cannon fodder. They fucking always won. Always won. It's ridiculous. Again, effective heels. Like, yeah. you know, the more they win, the more you hate them. And the more that they can get done. Yeah. Getting rid of all this stuff. Yeah. So what do you guys think of that match then? Okay. It, it was, was alright. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, Scotty is so fun to watch. Yeah. Especially in this match. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's so fun just to watch him work. Too Cool are so over still. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love Too Cool so much. They're great. Great thing about Right to Censor as well is that literally anyone who is a face can feud with them because everyone has got a reason for them to be pissed yeah. off at them and yeah. I love that everyone hates them well, it was a nice hot opener and the crowd was certainly into it um, seems like everyone's on form tonight which is great cut to Sunday Night Heat where Kurt defends his integrity Kurt hey listen I gotta ask you what were you thinking taking advantage of Stephanie on Thursday hey I don't have to give a four string announcer like you or anyone else an explanation excuse me not really much you can do, mate. Kissing knocked out yeah. people. Yeah. He d- denies he took advantage of her. Even making out with an unconscious woman. <laughs> it was like... Serious no. fucking clips for sale angle over here. <laughs> like, fucking hell. With making out with fucking passed out people. And then a few years later, you have this bestiality sex promos. Like, oh. you know. Or, or having his songs about being all wrapped up in leather. Like, don't trust Kurt Angle. Not one licking bit. Recap of Kurt Angle doing his kiss on Stephanie as well, and they're kind of like, "Oh, she liked it, King." Well, that's that's because at first she's trying to push him away, but eventually she her hand kind her of, hand taps, sort of him. taps him and sort of as if to say, "Oh, you can continue." Yeah. But still, she's still an unconscious woman. That, yeah, it's not really okay. It's not. That's it's not, not a go really ahead. Yeah, no. I, I don't know if we can class that as a grey area of concern <laughs> or not, but yeah, Kurt Angle definitely the villain of the piece. Shane O'Mac, hardcore champion. Holy fuck, this is ridiculous. He's with Mickey C, and before he can even ask a question, he runs away from Steve Blackman. Shane managed to grab himself the hardcore title a few uh, days before this show with like a six on one. You know, all the baddies were there Edge and Christian and TNA. Shane McMahon is hardcore champ. Brilliant. I love that. It suits You know, there's going to be some fun coming out of this as well. They're not going to mess this up. No, it's going to be awesome. Coming up next, the Mega Powers explode. Oh no, Road Dog and X-Pac are on the outs. Oh no, DX is over. What a shame. Well, someone should tell them because they're still wearing DX tops. Yeah, Yeah. it's weird. Are they fighting over for the colours again? They're not. They're just fighting because it's a friendly rivalry. Don't like each other. Yeah, they they say on commentary about a million times it's a friendly rivalry. Friendly rivalry, King. You can see there is a lot of bad blood between these guys. They clearly hate each other. There's nothing friendly about it. X-Bug accidentally knocks Road Dog off the the apron and through a table. Yeah, and right. He basically... Force pushed them, yeah. yeah, or face rubbed them, yeah. and Road Dog yeah. went through a table. And then Road Dog leaves X Pac in the ring alone with the Undertaker. Yeah. That's not a friendly rivalry. There's nothing friendly about that. That's no, that's, that's a feud right there. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, at what point are we going to stop calling this a friendly rivalry and start calling it a feud when they fucking nick each other's weed? Like, I mean, yeah. when, what's going on here? X Pac heat galore. He's not even oh, yeah. in the ring, and there's X Pac sucks. You, you can see the the, the the highest point of the the X Pac heat when you see a sign in the front row, which X Pac sucks with an X. Oh, e- X Pac X sucks eggs. 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 <laughs> that dirty old egg sucking dog. Is that a tongue twister? Um, must be. X Pac sucks eggs. There was also a sign saying, "I'm sure X Pac is a dirty Florida cracker as well." But but that's besides the point, X Pac when he's been split away from Road Dog. It's almost as if the X-Pac heat has been, like, multiplied by a thousand. Because yeah. they were a despicable tag team. 
But at least Road Dog now he's on his own. He's going to come out and do his, you know, oh, you didn't know? And he's immediately beloved. And everyone's just going to associate everything negative with that tag team with poor old Xbox coming out, who looks like a greasy motherfucker in this as well. He looks like such an asshole. Xbox and Road Dog with fast, enjoyable action, though. Uh, Xbox gets a sleeper earlier on. And Road Dog's got a big old feckin' snot hanging out of his nose. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, blow your nose, lads, before you wrestle. It's as simple as that. Both men reverse their finishers, but X-Pac hits a low blow. And then the X-Factor out of nowhere. This match was literally three minutes long, and yeah. X-Pac wins. And X-Pac wins, and the fans are really, really annoyed. And to sum up everything that's wrong with X-Pac, they cut to the biggest douche in the fucking universe. There's this lad in the arena who's got an open Hawaiian shirt and a giant sign that says X-Pac rules. And <laughs> his fucking gut hanging out in his chain going, Woo! <laughs> the one X-Pac fan in the fucking universe and he's an asshole. X-Pac cuts his gas promo. Hey, dog! That's it, man. Hey, we find out who the better man is. Hey, we're still a great team, man. Good. Whoa. Good. No hard feelings, huh? What do you say? I did it. Ooh. Yeah. Sad. How is he so gassed after just a little... I thought that match sucked, to be honest. It was, qu- it was quick and painless. Yeah, but I thought it was really phoned in, considering this is, like, officially the end of DX now. From the start of the Action Era, DX has always been around in one form or another. Yeah. And now it's actually dead, and that was the match that ended yeah, it. Yeah, not like, with a bang, but with a whimper. A Very whimper. much a whimper, like... Really phoned in, really lazy, just nothing of a match. I think these two could have, like, done a little bit more if they'd been given some more time, For but... sure. They had a better match at King of the Ring when they just happened to be against each other. Yeah, true. this blood rivalry. Yeah, like, no, ridiculous. it just seems like, oh, McMahon-Helmsley regime is gone. Better give these lads a feud. Yeah, stupid. It's very, I'm pretty scared now if I'm Road Dogg or X-Pac if you look at, like, how stacked the roster is. And the yeah, two of them are just there, like... Yeah, it's not going to end well, is it? I mean, yeah, I mean, who do you want to see these lads? Or, you know, Jericho or Benoit or, you know, any of those other amazing wrestlers they've got now. I'm sure they'll both find new factions they can enjoy. I'm sure they will. X-Pac uh, gets the pump handle slam from Road Dog. So I was kind of like, does a little bum him, no? Yeah. Does a little oh, grindy yeah, grind. style, yeah. Crowd like that, I guess. <laughs> Mm. Bum him, you know. Put your willy in his bum. Right? Yeah, that was what they said there. Like everyone goes home happy. Yay! Made a fool of him. In a really strange moment, Jim Ross just plugs some random fucking steak restaurant. Yeah. Guys, if you did go to eat tonight, Road Dog and Xbox, let me tell you where I went last night. If there's a better steakhouse in the world than the Raleigh Landmark, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Any steakhouse here in Raleigh has good a food as I have ever had in my mouth, and OJR knows something about groceries. <laughs> Even if you don't live in Raleigh, it's certainly worth the trip. And we watched this on the network, Adam, you and I, and yeah. he still plugs this thing. He's like, I want to tell you folks about a steak I had last night. Oh, wings, and old, old barbecue sauce, and chips, and onions, <laughs> and gravy, and hash brown. Tell me about your dinner, Fur. Like, it was weird. Yeah, they, they have the time to go through all the audio with a fine tooth comb on the network and cut out any swearing or anything mm. like that, but they leave in a fucking advert for a steakhouse. Not yeah. even like a national probably steakhouse. probably not even there anymore. <laughs> no, JRA yeah. about a business. Like. to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage, China and Eddie Guerrero. 
Eddie Guerrero says that he won't be jealous if China wins, which we know is not true. Yeah, no. yeah. And then we cut to Val Venus, the Intercontinental Champion, who's with Trish Stratus, who is pretty much pissed off that he has to defend his title in the most ridiculous manner in the world tonight. We've got an intergender tag match for the Intercontinental belt. Yeah. Vince Russo, like. Uh, no. Can I just say as well, Val's turning into Triple H. Yeah. He's beginning to look like him. He's beginning to like talk like him as well. It's really weird. He looks like 2015 Triple H, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Like the modern day one. It's funny, actually, you think about it, because I was really enjoying Val recently. We had yeah. some great matches at, you know, Fully Loaded, King of the Ring with him. And yeah, you're right, because now he's like serious, clean cut, no gimmicks, shit, plain shit tights. Shit white pants. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he's very like a light Triple H, basically. Mm. Uh, a white Triple H, more or less. And yeah, I don't think... There's not much you can hang your hat on, Valdo, in terms of his character at the moment. There's not a lot so. going on. But he's delivering in the ring, but I don't know, in this fucking this match we got coming up now, Icy Belt on in a mixed tag match. Weird. Weird. So if China pins Val or Trish, she'll become champion. If Eddie pins Val or Trish, he'll become champion. So, but if right. Trish pins China or Eddie, does she become champion? No, Val stays champion, I think. It's so convoluted. But okay, like, oh, that's not going to happen, so don't even... <laughs> yeah, don't even entertain that. Don't even entertain. Those are, those are unlikely outcomes, like, so... Shades of interest on this one, though. Seriously, yeah. folks. I mean, come on. Heels being at a disadvantage is something we've not really seen in the Attitude Era. It's it's It doesn't really make sense to do it. Well, you got Foley as the, the commissioner, so, I mean, this is going to happen. Because that's it? what you enjoy about a wrestling match, is, you know, you, you want to see the babyface... Having a disadvantage and overcoming. I want to see the bad guy overcome the the obstacles. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't you want to, you no, I want to see want the bad it. guy have obstacles and then lose because he has those <laughs> obstacles. Like, yeah, yes. Did you see it last night? Holy shit! That bad guy could not overcome those obstacles. <laughs> it's good. So yes, for being bad, you'll never overcome that shit, mate. Like you know, great start from Eddie Guerrero and Valvinus, though. I mean, good lord, these two these two can go. They really yeah. can. And whatever about Val's character, him in the ring, he's absolutely awesome. Yeah. I think at least now that he's serious, he's not having to do you know sexually gr- grinding or doing a silly promo before every match exactly. you can just, you just go out and wrestle which, is, which wrestling. is nice China however is very very clunky yep. and China's in for a big run over this autumn period because they've signed a deal with Playboy more on that in a future episode mm. but you can expect now this is China will be positioned strong very 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 strong from this point on Val suplexes China and breaks her trousers <laughs> Again, this has happened before, hasn't it? It's it happened at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. you definitely right. Val literally suplexes her, and the pants just come in twain. And China just like slowly, her hands come up and start like she doesn't even sell. <laughs> she starts tying her pants really quickly, and then Val goes down. and He's like, "Oh shit, are you okay?" And they're like kind of just awkward there. And Jerry's like busting a nut. He really wants. To, <laughs> he wants to say it, and he can't uh. because they can't be like, "Ah, China's trousers fell off." It's embarrassing, <laughs> but. She stands up and she's kind of got them on, but they're all wonky and her, her tights oh. are all out. Oh, it's really, really awful. And then Jerry's like, ah! That's what happens, though, when when your your outfit is made of string. <laughs> seriously, like... String and straps. Yeah. That's all it is. It's, like, not what designed for purpose. What are we taking and not have your trousers ripped off? Wear some fucking clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Keeble, right to centre over <laughs> We get our grunt of the night in this match. Oh, well, It's a doozy. So Val picks up China for a back suplex, and as he does it, I think halfway through, he realises that China's maybe not as light as he thought. So he just goes, Shit! <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, 31.50 there, Kevin. 
China gets worked over, but then we get the hot tag to Eddie Guerrero, who starts clearing house. And then Val Venus tags in Trish Stratus, who immediately gets killed by China. Failed double teams by Trish and Val. They try and, like, take advantage of China, and they just get... They get clunky offense for their troubles. China is left alone with Trish. She gives her a very awkward press slam, and she pins her. One, two, three. Yep. China wins and is the Intercontinental Champion once again. So the next night, Val Venus would leave the employ of Trish Stratus. Well, I never saw that coming. Yeah, so obviously Trish and Val are on the outs. Val Venus is all pissed off and he's leaving. And Stevie Richards asks if he wants to join Right to Censor. And he's like, no, I'm not going to join Right to Censor. Have you seen my Twitter feed, bro? <laughs> I believe all kinds of controversial shit. And in the best thing ever, what I love most about the Right to Censor was that their response to Val saying no was they bet him up and they put him in the back of a speeding white van. So, like, Bull Buchanan and Goodfather are beating him up and putting him in the back of this white van, and Stevie Richards there's like, Get him in the van! Get him in the van! And they just drive off and fucking off to do a Grand Theft Auto mission or something like. Wow. A white van. What do they do? Well, I wonder what it is. What's the process of becoming a it's member of the, the right uh, sense? Ludovico technique from A Clockwork Orange. They <laughs> yeah. just show you, like, you know, um, thong matches and stuff like that from wrestling. Wood <laughs> wrestling, all that. You, you grow to hate it and you want to ban it from all the WWF programming. Yeah, it's quite funny. They do, like, a that Stevie Richards actually brainwashed Val and Val then kind of becomes the muscle of the group so to speak because he's probably the most accomplished out of yeah. all of them like and ah, it could be worse being in the right to censor like I think it's a, it's a hell of a faction when you consider the like the shapes you've got in it you've got like three pretty fucking big guys yeah. like Goodfather, Bull Buchanan and Val Venus and then you've got the Weasley little leader of the group the little runt like that no one ever manages to get their hands on and we're going to have more members of right to censor as well actually yes, as, as we go soon. on so that's going to be fucking awesome next night is well Eddie Guerrero and China began a lengthy, lengthy storyline involving them not trusting each other and wanting to break up. And hey, it's just, ugh, it's so it's long soap opera, soap opera. Like yeah, basically, and you get like Eddie Guerrero like saying like I love you, China, and hugging her, and then be like winking to the camera <laughs> like you know I don't, I'm tricky. Like, so we got that to look forward to as well. Again, all right match, pretty pretty harmless. Like, yeah, it was okay, yeah. For right. a, a mixed gender, for, for a match that had such a stupid stipulation, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And Trish, I think was 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 pretty awesome in it as well. Like, as kind of they built up to to her, like in China in the end, and the crowd popped huge to see yeah. China destroy Trish like that. So it was really cool. Coming up next, we got a really really weird segment: Radio WWF. Yeah. Hello, America. Welcome to Radio WWF. I'm Michael Cole. Come to you live from the heart of New York City, Times Square, and WWF New York. But without further ado, I want to introduce to you my co-host, the Commissioner of the World Wrestling Federation, Mick Foley. Mick, what did you think about the kiss the other night? A man in love. You know, you never know who's going to show up at WWF New York. Ladies and gentlemen, Trish Stratus. How's it feel to be in the WWF? <laughs> it feels incredible to be in the WWF. Um, I mean, you guys all know you're all fans, and I'm a fan myself, so to be here and to be part of it is amazing. Well, we're joined now by uh, Grandmaster Sexay, Scotty Too Hottie. Would you like to see Mick Foley dance with us? Yeah! I think Commissioner Mick Foley's ready to do some dancing live on Radio WWF. Commissioner, though, it's I just right. want to let you know I saw your worm earlier, and I really liked it. Whoa! Are you going to eat that cookie? 
<laughs> Mick's asking the crowd for cookies. Finally, The Rock has come back to New York City. You guys want to hear Rock and Mick do some SmackDown Hotel? Well, that's right, baby, left him. Well, he found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Chick Rooney Drive it. Rock feels so lonely, baby. Rock feels so lonely. Rock feels so lonely. He could cry. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Rock, thanks for joining us, and good luck tomorrow. Night. Hey guys, any thoughts on this one? Just why? Yeah. What was? What were they thinking? It's like some sort of like prototypical podcast or something like that. Yeah, like. I guess, but. Surely even at this point people could tell that TV was far more dominant over radio. What would moving into radio possibly achieve? For the, the best bit of it was when when they had Mick Foley and The Rock on the phone. And The Rock yeah. is clearly on his day off, like in his bath going, yeah, The Rock says Radio WWF, no Euro. Is that it? Do you want to say another bit? Or like, Michael can you Cole. sing the song? Yeah. Oh, right, since Rock's baby left him, he's found a new place to dwell. It's right at the end of Jabroni Drive. Is it the Smackdown Hotel? It's the Smackdown Hotel. Oh, great. Thanks, Rock. He's meant to sing the song along with Mick, and Mick's just sat there, like, smiling. Mick doesn't know the words. He clearly doesn't. He's just like, the, uh, uh. He, he, he tries his best. Yeah. He tries his best, but he doesn't really and know it. And Sid Roth, baby, left him at that door. Yeah. And Sid Roth, hotel. I don't like seeing wrestlers I love like this. What an awkward, awkward yeah, situation. Yeah, so awkward. Yeah, Radio WWF, sadly, I don't think I'm going to be downloading that anytime time soon like Radio WWF or as it's also known Podcast One <laughs> backstage Steph tells Jan the makeup lady that Kurt is a good kisser so she does remember so she wasn't unconscious mm. Steph you got some splaining to do yeah, this yeah. is getting a little fishy now it's like they're kind of like jumping back and forth they don't even know anymore yeah, yeah. does it help it's, things I, so um, weird I'm going to make a bold statement here I don't think um Steph was actually unconscious. I think they were doing that for a bit of a story. You think? Yeah. <laughs> you maybe, think? Maybe. Wow. Yeah. Maybe. Just maybe. I had the plot thickened. Then you're going to get to the bottom of this. Oh, yeah. Coming up next. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, no. As soon as soon I I didn't know this was a thing at all. Well, I told you he was going down the cards and going down far. I'm talking about our boy Taz here who hasn't had a real good run of things recently since come out and turned in heel. Who's he taking on, Billy, he's, huh? Who's he taking he's on? He's taking on Jerry the King Lord. What is going on? Good life, Born. Good life, Fred. And when the time is right, I'll be Doug Life Dead. What a piece of garbage. Hey, 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 hey watch it. it. He got a little smirk on his face there. He's proud of himself. You got a problem with me, old timer? You ain't nothing but a redneck scumbag. Hey, Lola, you better sit your ass down before you get choked out. This is between him and me. You want to fight, JR? You want to slap me across my face, huh? I'd love to slap you across your face, but it looks like God already beat me to it. Whoa! One more time, right there! I'm begging you, swing, swing, swing! Hey, if you want to fuck somebody out, come out and try to fuck me out, Taz! You, my man, you are a heavy, 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 heavy,
the line again. Wait a minute. What the hell's King doing? King's going after Taz. King's lost it. The guy's an idiot, okay? You know what? I can, I'm out here. My job is to talk. I can talk a good fight, and I can fight a good fight. This guy is a punk. He's a low-life thug. And I'm going to tell you something. He wants to talk about, you know, he's thug-life born, thug-life bred. When he dies, he's going to be thug-life dead. Well, he keeps messing with me, and at SummerSlam, he may get his damn wish. Hey, Lola. You know what this is like? Is like if I, you're playing. I loved it. <laughs> I loved this. But right, you know what this is like though. This is like if you lose a load of matches in like a career mode in like No Mercy or SmackDown or something like that, and they're like, "All right, he clearly doesn't know how to play the game. He doesn't know what the button to press for selling is. So he has to have a, a tutorial match against <laughs> one of the bonus characters, Jerry Lawler, the commentator. You know, have him on as a bonus character, and now he has to wrestle him instead. This is so odd. It's so weird, literally, because I, I know you warned us about what happens to Taz. Yeah. But then you see this pairing, and well, my reaction immediately was Taz has to win this. Taz literally has to win this. There's no way that Jerry the King Lawler can beat Taz. It's like in this literally, match. like the final, it's 20 seconds to midnight for Taz here, is what we're yeah. saying. Like his, his his entire career basically hinges on this victory. He has to win. We have this big feud, which has been built up over the fact that Taz was upset about Jr. Calling him a, a damn street thug yeah. on commentary. He's like, You don't like me, old man? Like, yeah, I don't like you one damn bit. You're a street thug, lad. And he's like, oh, Okay. And so he starts his campaign, his campaign of being thug life. I don't I, I, I were loving this as a kid for a few parts. First of all, JR being held hostage by Taz. Yeah. That's hilarious. And yeah. he's in the little car and he's like, what are you doing putting me in this car? And he's like, <laughs> shut up, old man. And he smashes it and like JR gets glass in his eye and yeah. all that. And he wrote all over Jerry's car as well. And he, he, Jerry Lawler is a bollocks in a, in, <laughs> and spray painting. Your car is shit, mate. You know, and all that really got to Jerry. It's really amazing got to him. that a feud between King and Taz can be this aggressive and have, you know, this much heat going into it and fucking Road Dog and X-Pac doesn't get anything of the sort like. <laughs> it's like the most time, I think it's Taz's first video package. Yeah, I think it actually is. They actually yeah. get the time to do something. Uh, Taz, of course, all sets himself as being uh, one of the few, few, few people who can have the distinction of having this honour, which is uh, someone who mocks Jim Ross's Bell's palsy. Mm. He says, I'd stop you myself, but it looks like God already smacked you for it. <laughs> Great line. Bet you don't like. I bet you don't like that, Jr. Like you know, Taz comes out and he's pretending to be blind. Where are you, Jr.? I can't see you. Hello, Jr. Are you up here? Let me see this. Hello, Jr. 
Mimicry, thug life. <laughs> Literally, it's the most fucking ham-fisted impression. Coming like the big stick, whacking everything. <laughs> Coming like a big I'm blind, JR. I can't see anything. I can't see nothing to these glasses because I'm blind. <laughs> hey, you know what? All the thugs, all the thugs from from the gangs and the warriors, all the the Turnbull ACs, and they really want to fuck over the Gramercy riffs, so they go down, they dress up like them. Mimicry, the greatest form of thug warfare there is. We wouldn't understand it, like, not being on the streets. Taz is, uh, he's... What has he become, like? It, this is odd. This is so odd. But I've got to say, the second we see the, the match card announcing this, I was like, fuck's sake, I can't believe they're doing this to Taz. Then we get the promo package. <laughs> then we get Taz doing all this shit. Yeah, yeah. By the time the bell rung, I was sat there going like, let's fucking do this. Come on, <laughs> kick his ass. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, yeah. Jerry, as soon as um, he gets close enough to the, the announce table and Jerry just stands up and punches him in the face. Yeah, I was awesome. like, I'm, That's a marking I'm ready. Out moment, like, yeah. I, I, just like that, I became a king, Mark. <laughs> I never thought I'd fucking say that. Jerry yeah. the King Lawler has this weird thing that like... As soon as his music hits and he does that thing where he puts up his fist and he turns and he looks at the crowd with that amazing look in his eye, mm. you forget all the things he says on commentary, all the things which he was accused of, all the court cases that were you know settled out of, out of court, all the all the charges that were dropped. You forget them all. You yeah, forget all he, those. He's a different Jerry. Thing you're like, oh, there's Jerry Lawler, the King of Memphis. He's a lovely bloke. I've forgotten all the court cases that were dropped. Uh, <laughs> definitely, I'll cheer for you this match, sir. I will cheer for you indeed. Taz works over Lawler with eye rakes and taunts. He's such a heel. Like, he's just honestly blown it so up to the max. Like, even stuck down to the over-the-top blind impression and now doing eye rakes in the match and just constantly turning around to JR and being like, you like this, Jim? You like what I'm doing to your friend? Like, beating him up. <laughs> it's actually amazing how such heavy-handed heel work has made me hate Taz so much. I'll tell you one thing anyway for Taz. He, he doesn't fucking do it by half measure, does he? Like, no. You no, know. But Jerry's going all out as well. Yeah. yeah. Jerry's like giving it his all as well. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Like Taz does all the old school heel work as well. It's hard to believe this is the same man who came in the Royal Rumble who's now begging off from Jerry Lawler the colour commentary going, no yeah. please you know hands and knees like brick flare like you know begging with his fingers are crossed behind <laughs> though, isn't he old Taz he's, he's not really meaning to beg off is he though because he's a thug isn't he thugs always pretending to beg <laughs> off aren't they and then they then they get you don't they the thugs Taz misses a centon bomb who is this man? <laughs> Who is this guy? Senton Bob. Fucking Taz coming out here and Senton Bob. I This is like someone who's just tinkered around with him on the N64. <laughs> giving loads of different moves. Coming out, doing the woman's walk, you know. Some Jerry Briscoe's music and Chris Benoit's Titantron. Like, Pile Driver by Jerry Lawler. Taz no sells and swears. Fuck you. <laughs> I loved it. I loved that moment. Seeing Jerry actually getting him up for the pile driver, I thought Taz is going to reverse this. It's yeah. easy. He's just going to get thrown over the shoulder or something. And then as soon as he lands the pile driver, I, it made me stand up. Because I, I You never get to see I, the pile driver. No. You never get to see a pile driver. And I didn't think Jerry could pull it off. 
Yeah. He is the master of the pile driver. But I, I, it, it completely shocked me, and it, I, I absolutely loved it. The crowd are so like, into this as well, though, yeah. Jerry can definitely still go for his age, but um, I don't think we mentioned in the opening package before this, we had, like, you know, vignettes of Jerry ambushing Taz backstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he literally leaps off of, like, a big He's massive... He's like in a warehouse, yeah, isn't he? he yeah, yeah, leaps yeah. Off, like, a really high thing. shelf. Like, Jerry's, it's like... It's funny to think, right? Jerry Lawley was main event in WWF pay-per-views, like, two or three years ago, right? Mm. And this is, like... 10 years prior to that he's like he's an, an oddity in terms of a man for his age how yeah. actually good in shape he is pull out drop kicks and stuff in this as well like you know Jerry Lawler is like he's never been able to not do the Jerry Lawler act it's amazing like you know say what you want about King but the fact that he can pull out a match one every, once every few years or something and still be able to go that well with no ring rust or anything and the nice thing as well is that when he's wrestling you don't have to fucking hear him on commentary as well that's like, yeah, so, yeah. You know, great commentary in this match yeah JR calling it on his own I like this yeah, as well because he's got an, uh, an emotional and personal investment yes. in this yes. match it really adds to it more. JR is like so into it as well because I mean, like he's kind of I oh, know I'm I'm probably going to get in trouble for not being partial in this man. <laughs> like, doesn't seem to like bother Jerry Lawler usually being partial, but he's like he's so like torn between like saying he hates someone and all but, that. But like, like every time like Taz breaks away to like flip him the finger or something, like JR stands up and says, "Screw you, buddy." <laughs> it's like I see you. I see you. Why do you focus on the damn match, you son of a bitch? <laughs> Ref bump. Taz locks in the Taz mission and calls Jr. a big dumb redneck. Oh. He then says he's going to choke out everyone. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. The whole arena. That should be on his t-shirt. Choke out everyone, like, you know. <laughs> and so yeah, Jr. is sit there. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. My my friend's in. A, he's in the goddamn choke hole there. And he, he gets up his candy jar and smashes it over Taz's head. Fucking hell. The candy. erupts. Oh, Seriously. they do. The crowd goes crazy. There's a big explosion of glass and Snickers. And it's nice to see JR's candy jar being used on his own terms. Yeah, yeah. he used it this time. You, he probably, trigger. He's probably like eating all the candy during the match to make sure it's empty so he doesn't lose anything. <laughs> who was like, it who you know? smashed the jar last time? Was it Taz? In the Battle Royale, the Hardcore Battle Royale? Was I it Taz who smashed it? I think you might be right about oh that. Oh my bit. God. The, the, my candy. My candy. <laughs> that bit, yeah. was, I think it was Taz who did it. I think it. you're right. It was yeah. Taz or Bob Holly. That was some amazing foreshadowing, wasn't Just it? Just so you remember, Taz, <laughs> what comes around is all around. <laughs> so yeah, Taz gets clocked, Jerry wins, and JR goes, See how that feels, you son of a bitch! <laughs> That match was fucking amazing. Was it was so, so much fun. Emotional war to settle the score. Seriously, it was like, where did that come from? Taz is like, probably his best match since yeah. the Rumble. Oh, I'd agree, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I-, I loved it as well. King coming out of the ring and going over and hugging JR. And oh, like, standing with, with, on the... With, with King's music in the background, that's a perfect little yeah. moment. And then like him like giving JR a hug and then standing on top of the announce table and putting his fist up in the air. Like, it's so nice, wasn't it? Yeah, Such it was a really nice good. little moment. And it was a real big face moment for Jerry Lawler, who kind of, you know, if you remember in 99, he was Satan himself. And to see him, like, standing up for JR. Yeah, And, you know, true. going out of his way and all this stuff. And then JR standing up for Jerry. And it was, like, it was really nice, like, you As know. As a result, they don't really argue much now for the rest of the night. They're actually pretty good buddies. Yeah, the they're, they're kind of along the same page for once, which is nice. JR is, like, telling how much he happy is that he won, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I think my hand is bleeding. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a cut in his Yeah, big old cut. Yeah. Big old cut. Backstage, Lillian's with Shane O'Mac, who once again runs away. <laughs> Coming up next. Oh, my God. Hardcore championship on the line. The new champion, Shane McMahon, taking on the lethal weapon and the former champion, Steve Blackman. 
uh, Shane McMahon with his fearful jog to the ring at the start <laughs> like kind of which way did he go I'm not so sure like I love that when he's coming out Five on one led to Shane winning this hardcore championship and Foley's officially suspended the 24-7 rule which I thought had been ended previously. It's confusing! I gotta say though, the five on one ambush that they show you the recap of and Blackman is like just fighting off guys left, right and centre with his sticks. I think this is what I've been waiting for because within the first 60 seconds of this, like the package and the match, I'm immediately sold on Steve Blackman again now. It's amazing. Uh, Steve Blackman, seeing him here in such a high profile match against Shane McMahon who's like one of the top heels in the company and how well he fucking does in the feud up to this and even in this match is awesome because I think Steve Blackman is a guy who I just have you heard about Steve Blackman his the story about him him being sick he, he had malaria yeah. yeah oh that's right yeah. and he was like on his deathbed for like a, it's a year or two wasn't no, it? Yeah. It was, he was like yeah he was like bedridden for like over a year like yeah. he was fucking like meant to be dead and he'd been signed to WWF and he like literally when he came in like 97 or whatever it was he literally was coming off his deathbed mm. and he was like he's done really well for himself I think and it's, like, it's yeah. nice to see him because he had some false starts and some injuries the stuff of Shamrock really didn't do him any favor. No, no definitely not but like it's just nice to see here that yeah actually it wasn't just nostalgia he did actually reach a point because he's so over as well Crowd loves Steve Blackman here, and to see yeah, it's like it's a reward for that. Basically, for getting over is you get fucking Shane McMahon in a big feud. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's not just his positioning on the car. The fact that he's in this position now, it's like his actual intensity. He seems to have like really cranked it up all of a sudden. Yeah, even faster and even quicker than ever before. And it, oh god, it's so good to watch. So awesome. So happy to see Blackman starting off this match. He offers Shane McMahon a free kendo stick shot. Yeah. To good which guy. he immediately like counters it and then starts beating up Shane with a stick. They brawl through the crowd. This is my house! And he does all these spin shots with trash can lids. Where's that fucking trash can? <laughs> <laughs> very right, su- sweary pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, we know. yeah, very much so. Shane McMahon gets put in a garbage can and then stick frenzied. It's not I see Blackman able to use his gym bag full of weapons again. Like, yeah. You know, it was awesome. Takes out a leather strap and... Uh, Jim Ross is like, oh, Shane McMahon ain't used to that in old Greenwich. Bloody rich yuppies not beating their children like, like we would. Losing me, let's go have a beer with Steve Austin, Jim Ross, and beat our children. Like, yeah, that's why I'm like, yeah, I hate my boss and I beat my kids. It's the 90s, come on, get with it. It's like, fucking ridiculous. TNA appear and decimate poor old Steve Blackman. They hold him so Shane McMahon could do his jucking and jiving and yeah. his dancing around and all that. Uh, Shane McMahon is such a pest. Honestly, again, this is one thing we've had tonight so far with Right to Censor and with uh, Taz and now with Shane and the gang. Really effective heel work. Because, I, again, I hate these guys. I really want Steve Blackman to win. Like, Heels with heat, like, they're definitely. They're such pricks. And it's taking five guys to even try... Well, sorry, three guys to even try and get Blackman down. They still can't do it. And it's not like, as well, where you had like someone like Big Show... Where it's like, all right, he's big, so you know, Shane needs loads of laughs. Yeah. It's like, it's Steve Blackman, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's a guy you think, oh, he's fucking something I hear while I'm done. The fact that Shane McMahon has to like concoct a scheme and a plot to stop him makes him seem like a big star, like, which is Seriously. awesome. Blackman gets dragged by his neck on the leather strap all the way up the ramp, which is kind of horrible. He nearly gets squished with a big old speaker, which lands Ooh. with an almighty thud. But Blackman manages to get his kendo stick and clear his test and Albert away. And then Shane is like pretty much pissing himself, so he scurries up the stage and starts climbing all the way up to the top, and he never, he just keeps going yeah. and going and going and going. 
And Blackman starts climbing up after him. It's so scary. And, the crowd. And then I realise what moment we're about to have, which I didn't. I I know about this moment before. Just we before we get it. to that moment, sorry, did anyone catch the call that JR made as they're climbing no. up there? No. Such a poor choice of words. It's like Blackman is a coon dog and Shane McMahon is a coon. <laughs> Fuck. There, there is a million ways you could have said that, Jim. There was coon a- dog! <laughs> and Shane McMahon is a coon. Don't say coon on fucking pay-per-view. <laughs> That's so much to ask. Like, genuinely. Is this the uh, Why do you think West? it's appropriate to say... Use the word coon first of all, and then use the phrase coon dog, implying that the dog to hunt down. Like that's so fucking bad. Don't yeah. say it at all. I know it's it's. I know what it means. It's not meant in a nasty way. It's no, like, it's meant to be like because he's always said it's crazy, a raccoon. Yeah, yeah a raccoon, raccoon dog. And, a, and a dog for a chase around. Yeah, but that's not Pick what your words better. Than that's that, not man. what fucking people are gonna think, yeah, are they? You're a professional. Man. You put fucking horrible thoughts in my head now, Jim Ross, and I feel awful. <laughs> Asshole. Anyway, um, so yeah, he's up at the top. <laughs> and uh, he falls with all the grace of a crazy pet coon. Shane McMahon falls from from the stratosphere. Yeah. Yep. Backwards. Yep. Okay, when he goes up that side, you go down the other. We've got this. Oh, come on. Oh, I'm scream here. All right, he probably gives up. Yeah, get him down. Shane McMahon brought this on his own. Backwards. I love. It's weird though, because uh, as much as I love this moment, the falls a little weird, because it's sort of like he, he gets floats. He, he gets he gets hit in the lower back, mm. and that knocks him out. Well, like, and he, it's just he, the way he, he sort of floats down, like he's just like he's like com- he's completely gone. So when you fall off he's, the edge in Smash Bros. He's, or something. Yeah, he, like he's that. he's gone before he's even let go of the yeah. the mm. barrier, which I find really bizarre. He does he's, fall. He doesn't look like he's kind of bracing himself for a fall. No, That's he's scary. He's let himself go limp and just go, and he's hoping for the best. There is like kind of a real scary quality to it, to it in that sense that it's not like it, can, it looks like a man who's literally you falling. You can see it in, yeah. in the crowd just just to the left of the barricade. They're, they're like. Oh shit! I mean, they all stand up because like, it's like um, it's like a hawk falling off the yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like people the... going like, "Holy shit! We've just seen a guy possibly die." It's it's really scary. It's the highest fall I think anyone had taken in wrestling at that point. It was certainly taller than Hell in the Cell. Yeah, I mean that is a legitimate 25, 30 feet. He, he fell. Yeah, and that fall backwards as well. Because apparently, go so wrong. Yeah, the 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 story is apparently it happens to like guys who aren't used to taking proper bumps or who aren't smart enough. Um, when you go off the stage, apparently the thing that always happens is guys accidentally put their arms out. Yeah. Because your body apparently instinctively, if you're falling backwards you. and you can't see where you're falling, your yeah. your ha- your body is like puts hands out to see kind of where's the floor mm-hmm. and the fact that Shane was able to fall so far for so long and keep himself completely still like that to like override every urge of your body to go yeah. and start shaking your hands and legs about it's amazing it's one of the most amazing falls I've ever seen incredible sight and then Blackman comes down straight after <laughs> yeah, yeah just to top it all off two big ones in a row fucking insane Steve Blackman wins the probably people will only remember this for the fall, yeah. but it was an awesome match before. All around, it was really great. JR's call though, when J- when whatever about his awful call when they're going up, when they're going down, 
But Cole's amazing. Oh, of course. He knows how to do that. And they act the entire night now. That They act like it's King of the Ring 98, basically, after yeah. this, for the rest of the night. They keep talking about Shane McMahon as if he's died. It's really scary. Stephanie, like, freaks out backstage as well immediately to Kurt. He's like, I think my brother's dead. Like, he's like, don't worry, he's okay. He probably just got the wind knocked out. <laughs> now kiss me. Now kiss me. <laughs> He's like, yeah, he wants, he's like, never mind your brother, like, look who's here. about me yeah, I'm a great kisser, remember? <laughs> Shane may be dead, but he isn't as good a kisser as I am. Huh? <laughs> kiss me, please kiss me. I could use a good kiss. Ugh. Foley says that he landed on his kisser. Yeah. Uh, good job. They're like, not yeah. appropriate, man. He didn't right? have a mouth on the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> if he did land on his kisser, he would have died. His brain would have come out of uh. the fucking back of his head, like, man. Oh my god, coming up next, this is another encounter between these two, and I could watch these two wrestle yes. until the cows come home. Chris Jericho, Y2J, taking on Chris Benoit, two out of three falls. We get a intense recap of this incredibly intense feud. Over the last month, I have developed an intense hatred. I loathe Benoit. I abhor Benoit. I detest Benoit. Y2J has been assaulted, beaten, brutalized, and ambushed. No! No! Benoit just brought that steel door into the ribs of Chris Jericho! Benoit is sick! He's sadistic! Jericho's not supposed to be here! Chris Jericho wants Benoit! What kind of man would hide out in somebody else's locker room? Sneak attack him like that! Jericho again pushing the button of Chris Benoit! Big, big mistake by Jericho! The rabid Wolverine on the attack! Benoit with a crossface on Jericho! That's just a little message for you, Jericho, before SummerSlam, I'm afraid. This issue between Chris Benoit and Y2J is far from over! Like I said, Benoit, I'll fight you anywhere. I will fight Chris Benoit on a boat? Or... Chris Benoit with the GOAT! Chris Benoit when the score is tied! Or Chris Benoit as a blushing bride! I will fight Chris Benoit while he is taking a quiz! Or Chris Benoit as the total jackass that he is! You see, Junior, I will fight you any day because, baby, I am Y! Imagine what these these two men will do when the world has their stage at SummerSlam. Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit can't wait to get to one another. There'll be no one holding these two men back. It's going to be out of control. Powerbomb on a chair. Jericho with a steel chair. Oh, Jericho through a table. Jericho and Benoit have an opportunity to create a classic. What's going to happen when they meet Sunday at SummerSlam? Two out of three falls. This feud has started with Jericho kind of going, I just don't like you. <laughs> Fine. That's literally all the excuses. That's how with Jericho's that. feuds start, though, isn't it? That's, yeah. That's like a, a Jericho thing. He just, he calls just decides he doesn't and, like someone. And then we fight off the base of it. Like, uh, What was very nice about this was that we had Jericho's famous Dr. Zeus promo. Oh, yeah. On Chris Benoit. You know, Chris Benoit, I will wrestle him on a goat with a coat. Having a coke float <laughs> in Moshe in County Westmeath. You know, he's kind of. It, it was good like that. And seeing like Photoshop sad Chris Benoit on a boat with a goat with a coat or whatever that was. <laughs> I, I was happy seeing that, that, then seeing that in contrast to Benoit 
slamming the warehouse shutter door down onto Jericho's belly, then an unprotected chair shot to the face. Yeah. Oh. It's so fucking brutal, that shot. That was to right out Jericho so he could go do a marry on his wife. Oh. So, you know, how romantic. if you're going to get married, that's how you're going to fucking do it. Like, you know, get, get your shit knocked out of you first. I hope you guys will do the same ceremony for me when I get married. Oh, don't worry, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll write you a storyline so you can get the day off work. Like, you know, it'll be grand. Jim Ross with an awkward comment as Ben Wallace coming out. Whether or not you like the character Shane McMahon or not is irrelevant. He's in tremendous pain right now. The character. No. Does no no. Ben, Who does is he, Shane McMahon? No, does he does he mean character as in this is a, a character he is playing? Yeah. Or the, the character as in if someone having character. No, I think I, what he's saying there is even though he's a baddie, he could be hurt. You've got to appreciate that, yeah, this performer was. You could have said it. that a different way then. Even it if, really even soured if, us. Even if you just said, now a lot of people may not like Shane, but you've yeah, got to admit. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Yeah, you've just got do to that. Or even Dat Faldo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dat Faldo. Dat Faldo. Dat right? Um, whatever your thoughts or feelings on Shane McMahon you know, as a fictitious character may be. Just bear in mind that wrestling is not real <laughs> and he's probably okay, you know. But that fucking fall, man. <laughs> Shit, man. I, I will say this, right, one time. But Jim Ross exposing the business fucking exposes the business. <laughs> All right? And I, there's no way around that. You know you did that, Jim Ross. You know you did it. Right to it from these two intense grappling and striking. What I love about these two is that they can lock up and go to the mass and just do some basic wrestling. And you feel the fucking weight of it. Like, they, they yeah. are just, like, shifting each other's weight and throwing each other down. And they kind of have that understanding with each other. It's like, we're allowed to rough each other up. Because I know you're not going to injure me because you're good. Yeah. Great. They have so much trust Love in each other, though. So, they? so great. And the striking from these two, the chops, as always, just absolutely amazing. Brawling outside and some chain wrestling and submission attempts. Really, really vicious stuff from these two. They're going for, like, you know, as I call the No Mercy submissions, like bow and arrow locks and things like yeah. that. Oh, that's not what you usually do. It's really cool. It's nice to be known, like, you're a submission specialist, that you have another submission move besides your finisher. Because having one fin one finisher that's a submission move usually makes a lot of guys a submission specialist. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, that's true. This is much better. Like, they yeah. can adapt and all that. But Benoit locks in the crossface within, like, three or four minutes, and Jericho taps out clean. So, yeah. oh, wonder Chris Benoit. Holy shit. Yeah. After a weird start. Yeah, a weird start because they play his music as well. It's like, Chris yeah. Benoit wins. The first fall. Continue. Benoit immediately goes to the crossface again, which I love. Yeah, I generally great. thought that's the match was going to end there. Yeah. I generally Smart, isn't it? It's really I, cool. I've been happy with that. That would be great. A, a oh, man. End. It would have been absolutely awesome. Benoit is like, you know, just leathering away. And Jim Ross with another weird call to Jericho. She goes, come on, son, give it up. Son. Come on, son. I'm your daddy now. Uh, <laughs> fucking hell. Who's your daddy? He hasn't said that for a while. Yes, he? Yeah. That, that was his failed catchphrase. Damn, dad, like. he let that go. Jericho reaches the rope and gets out of the crossface, but the damage has been done. And Benoit just baits the unmerciless shite out of Chris Jericho for the next few minutes. But we got a beautiful roll-up attempt, which is countered into the walls of Jericho. Benoit is absolutely screaming in agony as we hear that Benoit's gonna snap, crackle, and pop. <laughs> for fuck's sake. That was a bad call. It was a Come bad on. call. Like. <laughs> if anything, match like this. Benoit's more of a corn pop or something like Ooh. that than anything like that. 
Fall 2 goes to Y2J, though. He does tap out um, Chris Benoit. He's really putting over both the submission maneuvers. Yeah, exactly. Jericho, he never makes anyone tap out to the walls of Jericho. Making Benoit tap. That hard motherfucker. It must be a good move. Definitely. Amazing counter by Y2J for backslides. We got a full Nelson suplex by Chris Benoit. Oh, if you want, if you're a wrestler and you want to like, you know, treat me as a fan, you know, you want me to put out on a first date more or less. <laughs> Any sort of fancy suplex from behind, you know, just throw anything on. It'll, you know, make any sort of effort. You know, go down to Tesco and get a dragon suplex. Put it in the microwave for me and I'll, you know, boom. My pants are off before the night is even. I swear to God, man. Fucking love that shit so, so much. Beautiful top rope hurricane round as well by Y2J. And it's great to see these guys. This is what, their fourth encounter? I think, I think you might be so, right, yeah. yeah. Fourth or fifth, you're right. counting some other ones, but um, I'm still not tired of them. I'll never no. get tired and of them. And they're not having similar matches. They're having yeah. different matches, you yeah. know. And they're not relying on, you know, I'm not going to say two out of three falls is a gimmick, you know, because you have to wrestle to make it work. Mm. You know, it's as if we're having them in cage matches and table matches and street fights. It's always just straight up wrestling. Yeah. And I love that. It's great. great. Amazing counter by Y2J. Oh, sorry, no. Lion Saw by Jericho, and both men are absolutely fucked selling the many wounds from their submissions. And they're like, both of them are just gasping and desperate and out of everything now. And it's just the next move will win it. And Benoit rolls up Jericho and Re- gets the ropes. Yeah. Reverses a cradle and sneaks away. And he, yeah, he sneaks that. away. And it's like, okay, he's made me tap out once, so he's kind of like goes into survival mode almost. Absolutely belter of a match. What did you guys Fantastic. think? Absolutely amazing. Oh god! And oftentimes, like with big wrestling-based rivalries, the two out of three falls kind of seems like the the end point for the rivalry. But we get that shitty finish, and that means we get more of this in the weeks it, to come. It, now it cause... was a nice length as well because mm. yeah, it wasn't too long. That, that the average two out of three falls match just goes on. Yeah. And it just, I just, I find it as a match type just really dull. Because what the they usually do is they try and like build you up for one fall and then slow you right back down and then build you up again for another fall and then slow you right back down. And then you, you have to do three runs of it basically yeah, yeah. of the whole fucking routine. And this was much, much nicer. It works really well with these two. Awesome stuff. I want to see him wrestle again. Yeah, you never you get know? the feeling like no matter who wins any of their matches, you never get the feeling that one is better than the other. They're always like, you know, every time they fight, it's always anyone's game. Anything could happen. Who else can you say that about that they've had feuds where it's kind of like you can put them together at a moment's notice for no reason and they always had a great match and it makes you want to see more and both guys that like are kind of yeah. uneven standing I can't think of I many other because no, people are going to say oh Brett and Sean they only wrestled a few times mm. and, you know it was always you know, the there same. Was, it was always the same but here we've got Kane and Undertaker mate <laughs> oh, hey. more on that later backstage Triple H arrives with a shit shirt a period of very very bad fashion for the game he's yeah. got like a Half shirt over a grey shirt, and he looks like he's wearing. He looks like he's playing football, like the community games or something. Mm. At least he's dropped the leather paddy cap on yeah. backwards for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, true. Well, he's got some more fashion coming in the year, so uh, pay attention and, for that. And speaking of shirts, why's Jerry still not got one on? Why is he still? <laughs> why is he still? Just he's like, let his belt bucket out. Like, <laughs> go, like, say, want to book it a fried chicken and a, and a forty? Like, I don't know. I've wrestled. I don't care. <laughs> I can do what I want. Cold now. if he's not careful. Coming up next. Oh my God in heaven. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh my! It's not bringing one, but, but two steel folding chairs into the ring. A double chair shot right to the head of Jeff Hardy. And just knocked up a deadly slight out. Chair to the head of Jeff Hardy. Steel 
to get what's coming to them. The Dudley boys with the tables. The Hardys setting up the ladders. Our champions are in green. to the tag team champions due to the unfair treatment that we have received at the hands of the Hardys Dudleys we are totally out here to stage a sit down strike I have decided to make a decision right now at SummerSlam it's going to be Edge and Christian against the Hardys against the Dudleys in a TLC match tables and ladders and chairs Submissions. This match ends when someone climbs a ladder and takes the tag title belts in their possession. Oh my. Extremely dangerous. This is absolutely unbelievable. Tables and ladders and broken bodies. Oh my. Their bodies, their careers on the line. Oh my. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh my. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh my. Here yeah. we go, we're finally here. All the ladder matches, all the table matches, this is what it was building up to. TLC. Have you when you heard of TLC obviously from before, Billy? You know, you're yeah. pretty familiar with we got a pay-per-view called TLC now, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. There's too many TLC matches now. Oh, it's been completely run into yeah. the ground. It's been killed. But this was the first. And the promo there building it up, I love it. Like Foley introducing this in the style of Wizard of Oz with tables and ladders and chairs. Oh, oh my. my. <laughs> and tables and ladders and chairs. Oh my. The promo package is brilliant, showing a very vicious side of Edge and Christian with their concerto attacks. Yeah. Love that name. Concerto, clever. very clever. And God, that's a scary looking move. Absolutely. When the nasty. two of them both hit chairs simultaneously at one time on a person, they clang the chairs together. It makes an almighty wallop of a noise. I was very excited for this one. I will say, as I've said, with every time we've done some sort of six man tag, table, ladder, whatever match, that I'm not going to be able to call the spots and do it the justice it deserves. So I will say, if you've not seen TLC, the original TLC, which is what this is from SummerSlam 2000. For the love of God, make sure you watch this match. You have to watch it. It's so good. This is like benchmark setting stuff. And it's like, seminal. Yeah, it is. And considering that we've already had a few matches of a very similar ilk, it takes a lot for this one to be considered to be something different. And it definitely is, though. We start off with chair throwing from all six men. Chairs flying everywhere. Some of these amazing spots, which I just had to mention. A full Nelson bomb from Bubba Ray Dudley off the top of the ladder. Yeah, to which JR goes, How the hell do you learn to fall off a ladder and not hurt yourself? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> so angry. And then uh, someone else is like, Trainers, EMTs, referees, damn. Like, <laughs> how's he able to stand? Like, 3D to Christian through a table as well. Absolutely beautiful. Edge at one point getting sandwiched inside a ladder. Yeah. Brilliant. And then Christian being launched into that ladder. Like, wow. I mean, I do feel bad for guys these days when the guys who were starting this stuff out came up with so much shit because they're so I mean, innovative yeah. aren't they you know when you compare you, you can't take it anywhere now what can I mean I do honestly watch TLC matches now and kind of go alright uh, you know yeah. here we are what I'm trying to think of the, the last, last one was actually any interesting was it uh, Team Hell No and Ryback versus The Shield that, the was, a great, yeah, that was a great one yeah. that was a really good TLC but again, again, I can't that, think of any else what about the one where last time John Cena got handcuffed to the rope and then he, he climbed the ladder 
and then he fell off the ladder and he, he bopped his head on the table and everyone went home sad TLC 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 Jeff Hardy misses his Wrestlemania 2000 swanton he tries to do the same spot on Bubba and then Bubba like he's like ah ah Get out of the way. Tables himself quite hard. Really hard. Yeah. yeah, I mean, fuck me. If I'm jumping off a ladder, I want big fat Bubba Ray Dudley then there for me to, to land on. If you if you don't mind, please, Bubba, I will use your tummy as a bouncy castle. Like four guys all climb up at the same time and all four fall, and it's just a human demolition derby as oh. they call it. And you do start to feel for these guys. We've mentioned before, obviously, you know, Bubba Ray appearing on some podcast. How do I about, climb a ladder? How do I climb ladder? Oh. Um. Yeah, these guys are put in a tough position. They've they've put them don't say they've put themselves in this position, but something we've mentioned before definitely that now that a lot of these guys are retired and a lot of them are doing interviews, you do hear more and more of the kind of Michael Hayes said we should do this. Yeah. And it's less of that the story which the line always was, Hey they just went out there and they did it, you know, they you know, they they had to, they did what they thought they had to do. There is an element of that, but if you think there wasn't someone in the office saying, jump off there later, yeah. you know, he definitely was, you know. But they were clearly willing to do it anyway. It's, I, I, I doubt that, you know, the Hardys, Edge and Christian and the Dudleys had to be convinced. Yeah, they no. were hard-pressed to do it. No, yeah. but I think if, I don't think it would have been accepted then kind of going, actually, yeah, we're not taking, you know, big spots. Oh, yeah, they didn't have a choice in the matter. No, I'm there sure. was very little choice in the matter. It's kind of, yeah... Uh, but you cannot argue with the results in terms of the fans' reactions to yeah. what you're seeing, how overall these guys are. And these guys, these six men, basically ensured their longevity in wrestling with this match. Mm. Um, this is a match which I know that got people into wrestling. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's that different to everything else you see on TV. And it was really smart as well because there's like a name like TLC and it's kind of like, oh, that's a little bit different, you know, yeah. and played off, you know, the Dudleys have got their branding, everyone's got their branding, and everyone's got their weapon, it just works fucking perfectly. That's why I don't think it works with normal TLC matches as much because it's like, letters is Hardy's, tables is Dudley's, and chairs is Edge and Christian. Yes. No one's really known for it because well, no. it's because it's PG. The we- weapons are no one can be two known. pay-per-views a year. Yeah. I, I don't know, mate. Er- Eric Rowan's known for using the stairs, isn't he? Big it? Red Rowan, like. Yeah. With those big red steps. <laughs> big Reds. Coming out here with his big red steps. Ugh. And, of course, Big Show, master of the chair match. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't fuck with Big Show in a chair match, you know? Matt Hardy goes flying off and goes sailing through all these tables. Bubba takes a tumble as well. Just exploding through stacks of tables it's it, so they, much they all sound like <laughs> proper like big Kit Kat bars breaking yeah. oh I love I love watching supercuts of, of stuff like this like yeah. the guy just exploding through tables it's amazing Edge and Christian get pushed off the ladder by Lita who makes an appearance Lita who's the new women's champion yeah. so, someone decent finally has it yes yeah. she beats Stephanie in the main event of Raw with The Rock as a special guest referee and had interference from like Triple H and Kurt Angle and all that but it was awesome it was the first time two women ever headlined an episode of Raw and it was absolutely awesome crowd nuclear for Lisa now big Lita chant when she comes out here yeah. when she beats Stephanie for the belt because it's been 
God, it's been like over six months, I think, yeah. Stephanie's yeah. had the title. And it was so awesome. And The Rock was the referee. It made it feel like so big time. I'm yeah. really happy for women's wrestling at the moment on that end of things that you've got high profile stuff and people who are over as faces and heels it's awesome it's looking up definitely Edge then spears Lita very 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 viciously scary he crushes her it's kind of horrifying if you're going to have Lita come out and do cool spots and beat up men I guess that WWF is like well then yeah. Gloves are off, I assume. Someone needs taken down. Kill, kill her, you know. And her head hits the floor, literally centimeters away from the corner of a ladder. As yeah. well. It's really, really so scary. Leah gets like she gets fucking manhandled in some of these matches. Yeah. Particularly with Edge and Christian, fucking vicious, like you know. But I mean, you, know, you do get cool spots with Leah, though. So I mean, there's that, I guess. Devon and Jeff, the last two men standing, they're left hanging off the belts. The two of them are just floating around there, kicking their legs. It's uh, when I was a kid and I saw that I couldn't, I literally couldn't believe what I was seeing. I didn't know how they could do that. <laughs> it was ap- it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. Just these two men hanging on a little piece of a loop, kicking well, yeah, their legs around. There's no way they can fall from that. It's too dangerous. You, you, you can't. You'll kill yourself. Yeah, and they fucking do. They like. do. Yeah. What would have happened in kayfabe if the, if the belts had both come down at that point? So Devon had one and, and Jeff had one. They are the new tag team champions. Together, that, like, they have to join forces. <laughs> the Hardy Duds. Like, you know, it would have been do you know what a fucking dream team? Devon and Jeff, like, you know. I'd I'd pay to see that, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Um I the thing about that though you mentioned though, the fact is that this spot they've obviously had to practice it during the day yeah. to see if the the weight was there. So there obviously was a moment where they're like, you know, yeah. That's a scary thought, isn't it? But they both fall, Edge and Christian, of course, are banking them with ladders. They climb up, and those two Rikazoids manage to win the WWF champ- Tag Team Championships once again. Yeah. Edge and Christian are the champs. They managed to survive TLC. Fucking wow. And they earned it as well. They didn't even cheat or do anything underhanded to get it. They just won. The won. Like, yeah. yeah. They stuck with it. If anything, the Hardy Boys were the fucking heels in this match, bringing their woman out to come and uh, beat them up. So, yeah. Yeah. Fucking amazing match. Yeah, really great. Where would you rank this compared to the other big like table? The big like because like, you had like you know ladder match at WrestleMania. We had ladder match you know with Low Mercy before that. So this is the best one. The best one so far. Yeah. We have another TLC yet to come right at the end of the Attitude Era, so it'll be interesting to see kind of. I still think the triangle ladder match ekes it out for me. I think you think I think, but I think that might be just because I've seen this more than I've seen that. So yeah, I've seen this one a few too many times. There's, there's definitely this is the second part of a trilogy. Yeah, you, know, you could definitely say that much. But would you believe us if we said the best was still yet to come? No. Still. How do you top this again? Yeah, yeah. one more they, time. What could they possibly do that's new? Well, at this point, well. <laughs> They're Let's gonna find out. They're gonna give it the old college try, and anyone will say that much. But yeah, fucking breathtaking match. Pay per view is worth watching alone for this. Mm. Unbelievable. Backstage, Triple H is pissed because Steph got kissed. And in the long-standing tradition of uh, of making sure the crowd doesn't get too excited and taking them down a few pegs. And this is, of course, well, literally, the I'm so happy I get to talk about the really cool. Leah and Stephanie thing mm. before this because you know Trish is involved with cool storylines as well they've got some really great characters at the moment and you know by and large compared to where we were previously you know I'm going to say you know there has been some fucking progress made at least at least them showing women in a better light and then this fucking shit comes along Cat versus Terry in a thong stink face match first ever 
thong stink face match. I continually... Is it, is it, is it the only? Yeah. I hope to God uh, it is. As far as I know, yeah. As far I think Brazzers may have done a few of these in uh, years to come, but I continually speak too soon, I think, though, where I keep kind of going, all right, cool shit with women is coming, or has come, therefore this stops. And I'm starting to think now... There's a lot of overlap that you're not remembering. There is a huge amount of overlap I'm not remembering, and that's just me being wrong. And that leads me to be even more dreadfully confused, because how can you, as WWE, be showing you know, Stephanie and Lita and Trish and Tori and all these kind of awesome storylines and angles and having them do all this kind of cool shit and taking them seriously as characters and at the same time be fucking doing this. Yeah. And it's, how does that happen? Like, it's so weird. It's like them, like... Because they're completely counterintuitive, these two things. Well, they're clearly not thinking about, like, the uh, the effect that that'll have of having both these different representations of women on their show. They clearly just, they didn't think about that. They don't, they're not trying to go out of their way by making Lita and, you know, Trish and Steph seem like legitimate, proper women characters. They're not trying to send a message about women or anything, I don't think. No. I think they just happen to be writing a good story about those guys. And they're kind of like, huh, there's, there's not a lot, that many bikinis in the shit with Stephanie and Leah at the moment, is there? Hey, we better just like consolidate all of the sexual shit into one fucking match, like, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's all it is, I think. Ugh, it's fucking gross. Thong stink face match. So, again, like, if Vince McMahon thinks the funniest thing in the world is, um, old people doing like the Bronco Buster or the Stink Face whatever he thinks the sexiest thing in the world is young women doing Bronco Buster and Stink Face Vince McMahon has got a weird sexual tastes. so the rule is the first girl to rub her ass in the other girl's face when you winner. put it like her that bare ass man yeah. because she's wearing like the they both come out in bikinis thongs. they come out in bikinis like I, don't I, even I'll try I'll just say now I'm fairly confident at the end of the match you do see the cat's arsehole I ah, swear to for God, fuck's like, sake. It's, it's kids fucking... in the audience. For there, that sake. is it, like right yeah. at the end of the day, say what you will. But can you imagine the amount? Like you've after seeing that breathtaking TLC match, like nine-year-old kids there, and he's fucking ha- arm hairs on his arm are standing up. He's like, Dad, that is the best thing ever. This, wow, that's incredible. I can't believe I saw this. It's like I know, son. He's probably thinking. Fuck me! I'm a good dad. I'm a good. I'm a good father. And then this comes out, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, we've ruined that now." And he's gonna go home and tell his mum that I took him to see this. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm a bad. I'm a bad, sad dad. Especially if like we've, we've got all this pressure now from the parents' association, and we've got the right to censor in. To sort of get rid of this shit, and they put this shit out. It's weird. It's, it's so weird. And you wouldn't mind as well. Like it's all coming from the one place. This, WrestleMania, fucking Cat and Terry. This is still going on. Yeah. And like now and then on TV, if some shit did happen and it was like, oh, someone's top came off, or you know, there was like an over the top rope off with your clothes match, yes. or you know, two people rolling around in a makeup table. It was always fucking Cat and Terry. Yeah. The two of these are just like locked in this non-stop feud that facilitates this fucking crap and who we got coming out here as well Perry Saturn and Al Snow they give you guys the fucking important jobs guy, huh yeah they're getting dragged they're the into valets. this yeah. they're the valets yeah and Al looks like Bradshaw as well yeah <laughs> fucking ridiculous cat wins yeah it's like 30 <clears throat> seconds this match and the women can't do any moves because they're wearing like high heels and this fall Terry just falls over loads that's it like literally this is 
This is possibly the seediest I think we've had it so far. I think, I when Jerry I think, I think it's the most deplorable thing we've had so I far. I felt so weird after having watched this. Yeah. I think, for me, I thought that the Armageddon thing was still lower than this. Because it was four women in a pool as well. Yeah. Which has that weird fetishistic kind of, no, you're going to put on a dress and fucking rip it off in a pool. Rubbing bare asses in each but, other's faces yeah. to win the match. Though. Yeah, they're I mean, being you're to- right, actually. They're being told that if you want to win tonight's match, you have to rub your ass in that girl's face. It's ridiculous. Fucking hell. It, it feels like the end scene of Requiem for a Dream where everyone's like stood in that room, like, you know, all the lights are flashing and everything they're watching. <laughs> like, horrible. And where the fuck's the right to censor as well? Where yeah. are they when this is kicking off? Mate, they won already, didn't you see? Like? <laughs> they're on, in the helicopter home. Yeah, yeah clearly. Like, they, they, they're, 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 they're back at the ranch, like, you know, they're, they're, they're grand, happy, 100%. It is fucking awful. And when Jerry Lawler turns around and he calls this a happy face match, you fucking... Uh, uh, oh, God, that's cool. Fuck me. It's, I feel fucking filthy after this oh, yeah. shit. Like, that was the most unique matchup, <laughs> is the way JR puts a little bow on the end of it there. Yeah. Fucking hell. This, like, yeah, again, WWF running hot and then doing this at the same time, you know? Can we go more than one show? Like, can we go two shows in a row where they don't do something like this? I wonder if that because we're like we're on the you know we're we're getting there now you know nearly at the end we're yeah. nearly at the end of the attitude era and I'm wondering that's my internal thing if if not I'm officially wrong about me kind of going oh it was really bad and there's a moment where like there's loads of cool female characters and then like yeah. it's stuff and then I'm dead wrong about that and if I am I'm really I'm gonna be really pissed off that that is the case like. Because well, it's like it means the attitude era. I can't actually kind of go. Well, actually, no. They they came around to it. It will be me kind of going. No, start to finish. The attitude era was fucked up with its women. Well, and well it's... that's what this podcast was about. Yeah, is is finding out whether that was true or false. Oh, well, it's it's looking bad. Is all I'm saying at the moment. Oh well, all I can say is that it, even if it does go away before the end of the attitude era, it never left wrestling. I mean, no, do you remember like the fucking choose your fantasy? Oh, it got, it got worse. Yeah. Cyber, it did, yeah. Cyber Sunday yeah. in ruthless aggression era, it got far. Worse yeah, no, definitely, than... it got so fucking creepy. So like... even if there is a happy ending and it stops in the attitude era, you know that it just comes straight back it, anyway. It, yeah, the sexism always comes back. Yeah, yeah it's strange. Sad. It's so so weird. At WWF New York, Brad Sean Farouk, the APA, steal tips and drinks. Brad's got a big old bottle of fucking Jack. Jim Leahy over here. Go <laughs> <laughs> drink that whole thing. I am liquor. Coming up next. <sighs> One more time. Once more with feeling. The Undertaker taking on King. For fuck's sake. Again. And, and how how did this how did this view get started? How did this view view? And this is actually what we've been looking forward to saying for a long time. Actually, yeah. So, yeah. so T- Taker gets saved by Kane. Yeah, yeah. We know whose side he's on. Hey, he helps him up. Yeah, choke slam. <laughs> whose side is he on? <laughs> we'll never know. Like I'm starting to think as well about that chair as we reach the end. I don't think we ever going to find out who sign Kane is actually really <laughs> are. I don't think we still know. I don't know if he's coming or going. This Kane well, character. No, he he did have a reason for doing that. He's uh, in his words. Why did I choke slam my brother? I am a monster! Why did I choke slam my brother? 
I am a choke slam. <laughs> so Kane has become Buster from Arrested Development, and he believes yeah. that I'm a monster. monster. <laughs> Undertaker wishes him well, and Kane tears down the banner that says "You're tearing me apart." Kane. <laughs> he like yeah, Kane does his pyro and sets fire to a fan member saying "I'm a monster." You know? <laughs> How many times have these lads faced off? It's not great each time. It's, ne- it's, it's never been great. Like it's never the, been stellar. When it was meant to be, people say it's like oh four and a half, five stars was Wrestlemania 14 right and I, th- I think I remember being distinctly underwhelmed with that match yeah. re-watching yeah. it and then the Inferno match was yeah. uh, best, worse be- worse. best match on the card but that's not saying much yeah no. but I mean like by and large Kane Undertaker have a pretty shoddy track record other than them being very toyetic and it being kind of like yeah Undertaker and Kane fuck yeah but you ever think of the definition of a match which you can easily kind of go yeah Undertaker and Kane mm. It's never been good. No. It's never I, been good. When I was younger, I was always far more excited by the idea of them teaming up together. Yeah, like when, definitely. When the Brothers of Destruction were yeah. working together, yeah. that was what, that's you know... Good. That's really cool. I, I like that. I always thought that would sell tickets more than this, to be honest. Like, but yeah, when you think about it, though, it's the polar opposite of Jericho and Benoit. Yeah, it is. Because at the end of this, Kane always seems inferior to The Undertaker. So always. they've never been on on good yeah. standings, like unlike Jericho and Benoit. Anytime they wrestle, it's always overly reliant on some stupid fucking gimmick. Yeah. And the matches are always the same and end up boring you to tears. So one big thing about this, Kane's got a new outfit. Because yeah. what he is wearing is vest for business. This is my best of Kane's. This best is my, of Kane's. My best all-time favourite. What do you think of Kane's new gear, Billy? I, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, he looks a little... He looks like... He looks... Uh, Buffer, I think. Yeah, because you can actually see the arms. You know, yeah. it's probably good. It's weird seeing seeing Kane here and then knowing that it's the same guy. Yeah, as we yeah. have nowadays. It's you, like oh, you thing. can't you... imagine him ever being that buff. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's bizarre. You got to bear in mind this is the first time Kane ever changed his appearance as well. Because mm. since he debuted, he always had the same attire, and now it's the first time he's changed. And now, obviously, we know Kane nowadays has changed. It, a it just kind of shows that, like, even though he's he's still in in great shape, just how sort of how quickly that changed. Because look yeah. at Slow Chemical Kane. Yeah, and like he's still a bit he's he's a bit of a, a tubby guy. He doesn't yeah. have the same yeah, muscle true, definition. Right, yeah. He's huge here, though. He's, he's absolutely, absolutely massive. Absolutely huge. Uh, but yeah, I think it's good. Like, it's a good way to freshen up his character. I love the way they kind of freshen him up in his look, and then they give him like a feud he's done a jillion times before with the laziest excuse ever. Like, yeah. you know, I can still smell the staleness off you, Kane. You know, it's sad. But speaking of best of Kane's, I think you and I had one of the things we first bonded over was the fact that we both had the awesome Kane action figure that had yeah. this uh, attire from Jack. Little wrench or whatever. Oh it was, man, yeah. that was Favorite awesome. Toy. Undertaker comes out. Tonight he resembles a plumber's roadie. Yeah. He comes out and he gets in the ring and we get like a really tight close up on him and you can see that he's really angry and like he's selling the fury. Uh, Mouthful of chew. Yeah, they're, they're talking about how, you know, Undertaker's ready to kill his brother and get a nice tight shot of him looking angry and you're like, okay, he's gonna he's gonna kill Kane and then a big giant spinning chef Boyardee logo comes on the screen and just like completely obliterates whatever you were looking at before it. I think it's funny because Undertaker's got a mouthful of chew and you see that chef Boyardee logo. <laughs> and I'm kinda of thinking, so you got a mouthful of ravioli like, <laughs> like, I wouldn't think ding like a big, big load of green marinara sauce comes out of his mouth. Undertaker, we're watching we watched this on the network. Undertaker's American Badass music gets dubbed over with you done it now you gonna made a big mistake which is good because I mean I'm fucking desperately clutched to straws here to think that this man isn't as lame as everyone is saying he is and he got him there with a big mouth full of ravioli with the line badasses always kicking assholes ass badasses always kicking assholes ass 
try and get you in the mood that this man isn't a joke. Yeah, because Kid Rock really would have made him seem that much more. Legit. A little bit. I, mm. I, I, that's one of the things that I do like about this Undertaker is, I mean, the song is shit. Yeah. But it fits the character. Oh yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, it does. And, and, and that that's one of the saving graces of the character. It kind of makes it seem cool that he's got. Oh, the he's, entrance he's, is cool. He's got outside the, music, like yeah. yeah, and the bike and all that. It's kind of that is pretty cool, but he. <laughs> You just know you're in for a fucking long one here, and it's crazy to think that Judgment Day he comes back and he's so hot, and he's such a different character. When you know, fully loaded, we were like, oh, you know, him and Kurt, that was really interesting and different. Like all these characters that this new Undertaker can feud with, and you right back to fucking Kane. Dropped the ball yeah. with him immediately. Oh, yeah. he ran out of ideas that quickly. Yeah. There's nothing else he could do for for Undertaker. Like unbelievable. Well, Adam, in the interest of fairness, you can take us through this piece of shit. Yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm glad you asked me to do it, because this is one of the, like, significant standout matches of my childhood. I because he's saying, I am a monster! <laughs> <laughs> so, we start off brawling immediately on the entrance when Kane comes out, you know, the, the immediate, sorry, when Undertaker comes out, they immediately start fighting right on the ramp, and Undertaker gets most of the original, the uh, Undertaker gets most of the initial offense in and drags Kane into the ring. There's no, and like, bell for half the of match, this thing. The match doesn't actually start. It's, oh, it never uh, starts. The, the match doesn't happen. The whole thing is uh, a no contest. Uh, and we immediately get the story of what's going to happen here is that Undertaker starts trying to pull Kane's mask off almost straight away. He's trying to expose and, those psychological scars. <laughs> <laughs> and Kane starts stomping Taker down in the corner and starts gaining a bit of momentum. He goes outside to grab a chair. But uh, Taker starts punching him in the tummy. Both men seem very tired. Yeah. Yeah. Plodding. All the way throughout this, the announcers are putting over how disfigured Kane's face was. And I remember as a kid, I was totally on the edge of my seat throughout this because genuinely, like, they're going to. Kane's hideous. He has to wear that mask to hide that ugly, scarred, burnt, nasty, uh, smelly face of his. I bet he looks like a big dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Kane's so ugly, it'll break your TV if you see his face. And, like, Taker is properly... He's not, like, lightly tugging at the mask or anything. He's properly ripping it, big yeah. chunks of the mask off. Yeah. So as a child, I remember being like... Because we'd never seen... No one had ever, like, taken Kane's mask off before. Well, no, other than and Briscoe. Oh, save for that, that one time, time, DX on Raw, yeah. But, like, you'd never had any inkling that we were going to see Kane's face. No, so. any, I don't recall ever, anyone ever actually trying to take his mask off No, either. it, it really thing. It's, it's, for me, it seemed quite random, this, though, because as if the feud was up with Undertaker saying, I'm going to take your mask off, it just seems like Taker randomly decides, right, I'm going to take this lad's mask off. Yeah, but the... Why? The, the feud's bollocks anyway, so yeah. I'm not even going to try and find logic in that. I don't care. It is what it is. But, yeah, so that's basically the only real story running throughout this match is that Taker wants to take that mask off. Kane doesn't want him to. Keeps going for the mask again on the floor, and to everyone's surprise, like, the top half of the mask pretty much just comes off straight away, and you can see a good portion of Kane's face. And I can't, like, emphasize this enough, but obviously nowadays we're used to knowing what Kane looks like without a mask on. But back then, before the internet... Before any of that other shit, you could that get that one toy where you could there take. The, there was the one toy yeah. that like was the urban legend of every playground across the country that you know. Oh, my mate's dad's got a cane figure that you can take the mask off. And, oh, can I see it? No, oh, mate. You're, you're no, mate's, no. Mate's a, dad's a fucking loser. <laughs> it's, in a, it's in a special glass case that's like in a red room. You have to unlock it. Like, you, I've not even not, seen it. I, I'm not allowed to see. I hear that he it. sold his soul to the devil to get that toy. Like, <laughs> but generally, you got to bear in mind. Put yourself back in the shoes of a little boy watching this in the Atchard era. This was exciting. The prospect of maybe oh, Kane yeah, finally seeing being Kane, unmasked. Yeah. yeah, it was a big fucking deal. Kane tries to run into Taker on the outside with the steps over his head, but 
Taker dodges out of the way and Kane dings himself on the ring post. Then Taker throws the steps at the side of Kane's head. It was fucking nasty and Yeah, it was looking. really awesome. Yeah, that was really good. And because Kane's had his uh, mask torn open at the top there, for the first time ever, Kane gets colour. Like, yeah, bleeding Kane. Big old gash on his head. You can see his makeup rubbing off as well. So even though you can't quite tell what's going on under there, it does look disfigured because yeah. all this red, red and black, and black going and shit, on. Yeah. It's horrible. The two start rolling around on the floor in the middle of the ring and Kane starts throwing these big bombs at the Undertaker. They're stood in the ring, like, you know, just wailing on each other. And Taker hits him with the most embarrassing spear you've ever seen. Like, just falls into him. That's a man who shouldn't spear. They collapse into a heap. It's, ugh, rubbish. Uh, Taker starts punching Kane again and Kane teases that he's going to go for a choke slam, but Taker shuts him down and pulls his mask off. That's literally, he just pulls the mask right off. And, and you don't see if Kane walks into the shadows, does he? You, you get a little bit of a glimpse. I only say this because as a boy, I did rewind and pause the tape several times just to catch... You, Kane was my favourite wrestler, Baron Yeah, Yeah, no, we just so established, I was yeah. just obsessed with the idea of him being unmasked. And so I actually went through it. And there is a couple of moments where you can get a pretty good glimpse. Of and has he got any it. gimmick on his face there? No, just, just blood and his uh, eyeshadow that he's got on all the time. So you do get a little glimpse, and, you know, as a kid, that was good enough for me, for me to be impressed by. And Taker wins, well, wasn't even a match, but match. Taker wins and holds the mask above his head, and that's about it, really. You've done it now. I, I, was, I was mad unimpressed with this yeah. match. In all honesty, I think it was one of their better matches compared to how bad it's been before. That it, says something. Yeah, no, I, I genuinely think that just because... The story, the, the wrestling was shite, but the story throughout it of like, oh, is Kane going to get his mask Yeah, his mask saying off, yeah, yeah. For Attitude Era fans, that was a big deal, I think. But it's aged yeah. awfully now. Because, Nowadays, it doesn't uh, yeah. mean anything, yeah. It's yeah. just a, another shitty match. What do you think of it, Billy? Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage, Kurt dials a phone, and Stephanie answers and pretends it's Linda. Oh! Secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets hurt someone, Stephanie. It's weird, your mum hung up on me. It's like, she puts the phone on to Triple H. She's like, hey, Linda. You know, I was hoping Kurt was going to pretend to be Linda. Yeah, I thought You I must be united. Like, no, it was it. He just hung up. He's like, huh, I wonder why your mum hung up on me. Maybe it's the time you threatened to beat her up last year, mate. Remember that? Like, remember that? Remember that fucking November? You're going to beat up Linda McMahon? That was on your... That was on your, your to-do list. No, it doesn't. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Coming up next, it's our main event. Triple H taking on Kurt Angle, taking on The Rock for the WWF Championship. And we've got a nice promo package to start this one off. Triple H, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho. The winner of this match will, will meet The Rock at SummerSlam for the WWF title. Wait a minute, both men that Jericho covered. That's it. Who's going to meet The Rock? Triple H is livid! Kurt and I are just 
that a guy and a girl can't be just friends. I know you're foolish. Friends my ass, Steph. Uh-oh, my baby girl calls me up crying on the phone. That's where I draw the line. If she ever does it again, neither one of you two will even want to be in the World Wrestling Federation. We understand each other. The law has been laid down! The focus is The Rock. The focus is the WWF Championship. Triple H and Kurt Angle are on the same page. If Kurt Angle and Triple H stay on the same page at SummerSlam, Rock won't have a chance. Kurt Angle buried the hatchet with Triple H. Angle and Triple H look like they're brothers. Angle's being decimated. But why isn't the game helping him? Where the hell were you? I thought we were in this together. I just got my butt kicked. Have you not the right? But it damn sure looks to me like Triple H and Kurt Angle are not on the same page. They're not even reading the same book. The two of you, both of you, need to stop fighting like children, okay? Wait a minute. Oh, no. Kurt, oh. Stephanie and Stephanie bouncing off the steel step. Oh, my God. Stephanie's hurt tank. how much I care about you. There seems to me like there's a little electricity between Stephanie and Kurt. Kurt and I are just friends. Where is it written that a guy and a girl can't be just friends? This shaky marriage of Triple H and Stephanie. Yeah. Uh, this has been fun watching it kind of slowly collapse since, you know, King of the Ring, isn't it? Like, I think we mentioned some of the backstage stuff before, but definitely Kurt Angle. What a foil for Triple H. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think, you know, because I remember, I remember during this time kind of being like, I, I was tricked into liking Triple H. Yeah. Because, you know, Kane, your favorite wrestler growing up out of my favorite wrestler was, was Mick Foley. And I had kind of like, you know, essentially done as close as you can as a kid of like, you know, getting a Triple H poster and like writing on it in blood, like, I will never cheer for you. <laughs> and then like setting fire to my Triple H figure's face. Like, you know, I did rip the hair off my Triple H figure. I was so pissed off at him. I was, I was like, never, ever will I cheer him. And then I ended up becoming a big Triple H fan uh, like around this time because I'm like, yeah, he was so cool the this, way he's being a Triple H. This made me a Triple H fan as well. Definitely. He's so awesome here, yeah. yeah. I definitely had like, you know, huge respect for Triple H and you found doing the podcast, you know, how good he was as that top heel. But goddamn, he can be a fiery fucking babyface. He as can. Well. He's completely justified here. Kurt is like the slimiest creep ever, so you want to see him get killed. And just seeing Triple H in this kind of scenario is. Brilliant. This package was really good as well. It's better than the opening package. The, the package, yeah. just like, there's, there's one line in it which really made, made me laugh, which is Kurt Angle and Triple H aren't on the same page. Hell, they're not even reading the same book. <laughs> it's a great line. Brilliant. And then when they, re, re, when they recap the kiss, the, the fireworks. Oh, the fireworks! The fireworks that they put over yeah. it. The Aladdin shit that we do. It's real <laughs> Tim and so, Eric, I thought. Like, it made yeah. me laugh so hard. It was great because Stephanie was so upset at how Triple H was treating Kurt Angle this whole time. Kurt Angle, of course, being a big dirty hug fiend. Fucking yuck. If you're, if you're a guy out there who does that, the whole fucking... Oh, I'm your friend, yeah. Don't yeah. I get hug a hug? Me. No, hug you me. fucking don't, like. Yeah. Work on your personality, you creep. Like, you don't <laughs> get hugs. 
Ugh. Vince reappeared briefly to warn Triple H and Kurt Angle not to continue to upset Stephanie. I love this is like during his genetic jackhammer phase. I remember distinctly as a kid thinking like, oh, they, they said that Vince was in the limo and he was going to come out and address them. I was expecting him to come out being naked, like because <laughs> he's been gone since after King of the Ring making babies. Like you, you took me away. I'm very busy. Right now, okay, I'm balls deep in this shit. Okay, and I'm a genetic jackhammer. I can't be showing up here with no pants on. Telling <laughs> you how to handle your business, guys. You know, The Rock is pretty much an afterthought. I don't, afterthought is a hard. I don't say The Rock is an afterthought. It's but secondary. He, yeah, very. It's, it's it's weird that they have these two guys fight here as part of the uh, as part of a title match. I don't know who you would have put the the Rock with instead, mm. but it, I just don't think the Rock should have been in this match. I actually think it's brilliant that The Rock's in this and not, not involved at all. Because the whole thing with The Rock is, like, you know, he's cool, he's electrifying, he's unfazed by anything. And to me, the whole story of this match is, like, from the beginning of it, I had this really strong feeling that The Rock had to win no matter what because Kurt and Triple H are completely wrapped up in their own shit and The Rock's just going to come in and be like, I don't care what you guys are on about, I'm the champion. Yeah, yeah. Let's mm-hmm. fight. I think it's really it's, great it's, that The Rock's just oblivious to their problems. It's, he's it's, just here to defend his I, I can't recall a triple threat match which had that storyline. No, it's I true, yeah. But where, it, I can't where, it's always been, it's always between been only two and three guys. Yeah. yeah, I think one thing about this is that maybe they didn't think that the fans were ready to accept Triple H as a good guy immediately. And because if you put Triple H and Kurt Angle out there on their own, it might have mm. been a little bit, you know, Triple H is a nasty bastard, mm. you know. So I think having the Rock in there is kind of like right. Kurt is the firm bad guy. We'll have opportunities for Triple H to show that he's a good guy and also be a heel with The Rock as well. And The Rock is definitely much, you know, your, your face in this. So it ends up working quite well. I will say, though, about Kurt Angle, right? To go from meat to the main event in nine months, good man yourself. Like. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. Because, I mean, you can talk about, you know, Sheamus and Lesnar and all that and guys, you know, rocketing to the top or whatever. But in terms of like a guy who was very much when he first came in and he was wrestling meat, it wasn't as if oh like oh this guy is easy he has to win the title you know he was very much a lower card guy and then yeah. when Kurt, anytime where Kurt was where he was he was treated very much like he was in that area when he was a mid carder he was treated as a mid carder you know when he was winning the belts he was treated with more respect when he's king of the ring he's you know he slowly gained that credit along the way it's like Lesnar who came in on his first night you're like oh fuck well he's a monster he's obviously got to become the champion yeah so this is like the fastest rise ever then I think mm. uh, with a proper natural progression like that yeah I totally agree and it's not been forced down your throats either yeah no and he's cough di- Roman Reigns cough 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 like, <laughs> you know you know we may find a out a lot of people are expecting an apology from me that might be in order yeah would you let me speak for a minute please Please let him speak. Get your hormones under control. You know, a lot of people are expecting apology from me for kissing Stephanie on SmackDown. Well, the fact of the matter is, I would like to apologize. Good, let's go. I would like to apologize for not doing it a heck of a lot sooner. What? Man. Oh, Kurt. I mean, I am an Olympic gold medalist. I know that. And you're goofy as a pet coon. You see these medals? I didn't get these from backing down or second-guessing myself. Oh, no. I'll leave that up to you people. We know you're confident. You know, I 
did what I had to do, and I am damn proud of it. I am what you call, I am what you people call a given. I give my all in this ring. I gave my all in honoring the country in the Olympic Games. And Triple H, I gave your wife the kind of passion uh -oh. that you could never give her, oh. even if your life depended oh, on it. Please. And that is true. Kurt Angle apologizes for not kissing Stephanie sooner. That son of a bitch. He's gone full on Heisenberg here. Digging his own grave here. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like We all hate Triple H deep down, but we all want to see him kill Kurt. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. And this is like, my friend used to always uh, tell me about this, like the lesser of two evils, basically. Like, you enough, know? Yeah. And I, I love that, is the fact that you kind of you know how evil Triple H can be and you want to see him do that to Kurt, you know, which is awesome. Triple H comes out, he roughs Kurt Angle up immediately. The bodies have been bruised part happens though coming up. I'm talking about the two of them go out and they start brawling on the announce table yeah. Yeah. and Triple H sets him up for a pedigree. The Rock's not out yet. This is just like, Triple H can't wait. Goes for a pedigree, the table collapses and Kurt Angle lands right on his head. It bangs like, ugh. And he gets concussed immediately. Horrible. Really, really horrible. I one of the worst spot. One of the worst hits I've seen since we started this podcast. I think because mm. that's a dangerous move, yeah. and for that to happen and you not be prepared to take that fall, and you're on concrete, yeah, the side of your face all the way to Triple H on top of you as well. That's horrible. And immediately I'm like, poor Kurt. Finally gets his main event. <laughs> First 30 seconds, he's concussed. Yeah. That's not good. It doesn't if he was injury prone or known to be fucking up and... Just bad luck. That's all it is. You're going to see, I don't know if you noticed, but like Triple H, he was a real hero here because they obviously were meant to be doing a big whole load of stuff before Rock came out. Mm. And Kurt Angle, you can see he keeps trying to get up because he's completely gone. His eyes are glazed over. And Triple H, you can see him tell him Kurt stay down. He keeps putting his hand on him to get him, Kurt to like stop trying to get up really so Triple H like really takes a a moment here to get everything come, back on track mama hen. yeah he does he comes real mama hen it's kind of like right, look you're hurt stop stay down and he goes over and he gets you know the sledgehammer buys everyone some time and the rock comes out yeah. which gives them a chance then for Kurt to get you know healed up so smart Very they smart. really because I remember everyone on the playground kind of going oh no that was planned no. Yeah, no mate, that was not planned. No way was that planned. That Come was on, not Jesus. planned at all. But yeah, the rock comes out and a nuclear pop for him as well. So over. Great to see him get a lengthy run with the belt. Yeah. You know, he's never really got that as a face. Triple H and the Rock go at us. Kurt is fecked. Triple H runs after Kurt's stretcher as well. And they're really smart <laughs> with this because it's like he runs over and gets him and was like, oh he's gonna get. He doesn't actually do anything to Kurt. He kind of gives him a few hits keeps him in everyone's mind but he doesn't like knock it over no, he doesn't no. throw him around Kurt's still really safe and it's like oh that's actually pretty pretty good Angle being the big leagues and getting concussed what are your thoughts on that do you think he's kind of like fucked himself over here or well it, was, it wasn't like it was anyone's fault or anything it was just I, I'd like to think that the, the writing staff would, or anyone in WWE wouldn't have thought that Kurt was responsible for that because it's his first main event match and he somehow fucked up like it's literally, not his fault though, is no it, it's an accident it's literally just at the table broke at the wrong time no one can help that yeah Rock and Triple H brawl up on the stage and then Stephanie McMahon appears everyone she loves is dying <laughs> seriously the drum like flies at the moment Triple H you shouldn't be out here 
Triple H, Steph, give me the belt. <laughs> Within a second, I love the way that Triple H, he's not kind of like, what are you doing out here? Huh, my wife, am I right, everyone? No, he's still Triple H. He's yeah. still a yeah. dickhead. You know, even though he hates Kurt Angle, he's still, you know. He hasn't changed at I all. I love that. It, that's the best thing about him is that he hasn't, like, when you transition someone from heel to face, it's very easy to accidentally change something about them or make it really obvious what you're doing. But this is the perfectly, like, most natural way to get you to cheer someone ever. He's it's still brilliant. the same person. Triple H gets clocked by Stephanie with the belt by mistake. Stephanie with the distraction. Then Triple H manages to hit a low blow. And then he goes and he gets the sledgehammer. And tri- fucking Jim Ross is incensed at this hammer. <laughs> Enough with the damn hammer. Get that da- I don't like hammers. I hate hammers. Rock eats the sledgehammer, though. Triple H in firm control. And uh, Stephanie starts pleading with Kurt Angle to get up and fight. And he's pre, pre-concussed there, Steph. Um, Does she care about him or not? She just want him to go and get some rest. Like, And then he looks at her and he goes, Only for you, Steph. Oh. <laughs> the way he actually said, Hi, fish. Uh, <laughs> Oh, and he gets up, like black sick comes out, like, his fucking head falls off, like, you know, his heart explodes. Kurt Angle, I, I, actually, I hate ever saying this because, you know, guys getting concussions, it's like, it's awful. But, like, it really did play off this whole thing. The fact that Stephanie is trying to convince a man who's concussed to get up and fight to help her husband, yeah. who he's clearly got, who you know. concussed. Oh, it's unbelievable, like. Sweet belly-to-belly suplex by The Rock, and then Kurt Angle reappears. Jesus Christ, where is this coming from? Like Seriously, yeah, honestly. He's completely on autopilot. He d- How he, is he doing this? He's doing it, though. Yeah. He's actually doing it. I was just saying, when you say autopilot, that's not a bad thing. Like, no. It's like, oh, no. He, he can, even with a concussion, can still deliver. With like, his solid incredible. nine months of wrestling experience on a, in, on a main event level, like, it's he manages to, like... You know, it's not as if this is Ric Flair who's done it a thousand yeah. times. He is still new to this, yeah. and he can do that to go out and wrestle and carry yourself while you're concussed. Not many people can do that. It's amazing. Pedigree, but Kurt Angle breaks it and tries to cover the rock for a huge two count. Oh my god, we get some near falls here, which had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. Really nail-biting stuff. Jerry Lawler with the line of the night. Kurt Angle is running on love, JR! Oh. You know, that's not enough, mate. <laughs> Rock bomb to Kurt Angle, but then Triple H breaks it and brings in the hammer. And Triple H, in a shocking moment that makes the fans lose their shit, he hits Stephanie by mistake. Uh to think that they go nearly a full year as you know, valet and uh, and wrestler, husband mm. and wife, and that's the first time it's happened. Yeah. God. Well, it was so fucking awkward, though. Oh, yeah, it, it was, was really, really awkward. Bad. Like, Stephanie just shuffles behind Kurt and sort of puts her hands on his back and stands there for four seconds before eventually he ducks. I think you're getting to the point now with Stephanie where I think her involvement in the matches is a little bit too much for my liking. Yeah, what do you guys think? That looked ugly as hell. That didn't seem like a natural accident. And it's only bringing you up to like your fourth of five fucking, you know, near falls as well. So it's kind of like, do you really need to to have this much like, yeah. Kurt Angle gets the sledgehammer and fucking knocks out Triple H with the sledgehammer. I'd never thought I'd see yeah. Kurt Angle with a sledgehammer. Who is this guy like? Unbelievable. The Rock, though, with the people's elbow. Kurt Angle out of the ring. Triple H loses. Rock, one, two, three. The Rock wins. And Jim Ross with the call of the century. Through hell, high water, hammers, and wives. The Rock has done it. 
unbelievable. Kurt Angle leaves with Stephanie McMahon in his arms. He's going to take her up to the bell tower. (laughs) 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 He does abduct her, though. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. The way he turns around and looks at the unconscious, like, Triple H, he's going, he's like, (laughs) I got her, like, JR says, Kurt looking at Triple H there as if to say, I got your your wife. wife. (laughs) Looking, he's got his wife. Like, there's no two shades about it, mate. Well, there you go. That's your main event. What do you guys think of that one? I thought it was fucking awesome. Really, really great. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. There you go. SummerSlam 2000. The Rock retains and continues his winning ways, and we're motoring on towards the end of, of 2000 and into the autumn and winter with interesting stuff coming ahead match of the night MVP Adam match of the night undoubtedly I'm going to say TLC just because you know even though they've set the bar before now with ladders and chairs and tables and everything they still as you said managed to give it their all and put on an incredible show and they really like bring the crowd to their feet their entire performance amazing match MVP um, Steve Blackman I'm going to yeah. say because I remember I specifically sat on the podcast before now that I wasn't impressed with Steve Blackman looking back. And you I think it was nostalgia? I like thought it was nostalgia, and I thought, you know, there was no big deal about Steve Blackman. But tonight, he really, like, turned that intensity up, and now I totally see what the whole deal is. You know, he's the lethal weapon. He really does feel like it now. Yeah. What did you thoughts to the pay for you as a whole, though? Did you enjoy SummerSlam 2000? I mean... Yeah, I did. There's, there's a lot of shit. There is a lot of crap in it as well, but I think overall, the good really outweighs the bad, because... Yeah. We don't just have good matches in it, we have excellent matches, like yeah. TLC, the two out of three falls. And, and our main event as yeah. well, I definitely think. Billy, match of the night, MVP. Match of the night, I'm going to give to Jericho and Benoit. Mm. Really, really enjoyed the mm-hmm. match. Um, and it made me hate Benoit, the, just a little bit extra more of the character, just by winning with a little roll-up. With a great way, and, creepy and it way left, like it, left, left it open to you know carry on this this feud that they keep coming back to you and leaving, coming back to I've enjoyed all that actually so far. MVP is gonna special mention to Shane. Yes. Yeah. But my MVP is Jerry Lawler. Hey. I was so surprised by Jerry. Jerry Lawler, Lawler two-time MVP now. If yeah, you guys he recall. is. Yeah. Look at that. I really, okay. really enjoyed Jerry tonight. What What was it about Jerry that you enjoyed? Just like. I don't know. I've never been a. I've, I, I can't. I can't say I've ever been a Jerry fan. I, I, I couldn't tell you many matches that he's been in. But he's good, isn't he? Though. But. As soon as he stood up and his music started, he had the entire arena in the palm of his hand. He's a star. Like, Jerry Lawler is a star. Like, he is. You know, he's the kind of guy you can walk into probably a random town in Tennessee. He can, he can knock on a random door and someone will let him in and fucking give him dinner because he's a star yeah. and he'll be a star forever kind of thing. Not saying you should do that. That's probably not a fucking very <laughs> smart idea. Remember, read between lines what I've been saying earlier. <laughs> but no, I definitely... You're, he's got that, like... When you were talking about that, though, like just hitting his music playing and stuff like that, I've gotten that so many times, Jerry yeah. Lawler, where I've gotten goosebumps just hearing his music. It's this old commentator. Who is he? You know, and mm. but I get that feeling. So that's definitely yeah. something I agree that with. That pile driver as well. Oh, oh yeah. so so great. Did you enjoy his match with Taz? Then I, I actually really enjoyed it. I yeah. really enjoyed the match. I I was I was close to giving it my match of the night. Wow, wow. amazing! It, it, it was only just. You know, those other matches just kind of beat it out. What were your thoughts overall on SummerSlam then? Was it a show you enjoyed? I mean, we've had some... We came off a very hot one with Fully Loaded. It was alright. I kind of likened it to King of the Ring, where it was... There were some good matches, but I again, I know I can expect more, and I know that they can do more. Mm. And um, whilst there were some amazing matches, the main event, the TLC match, uh, Taz, Lawler... 
which I never thought I'd include. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right. Those other people and Jericho Benoit. There was a lot of dead. There was some a lot of dead wood. I think there was a lot of cases of like trying to shove on a load of people on the car yeah. tonight. Like you know, get like, I couldn't have given a shit really about ultimately too cool and, and right to centre although it was a good match but it was short though, X-Pac yeah. Road Dog couldn't give a shit Stink Face Stink Face match couldn't have given a shit you know but it, it was it. it was a fine pay-per-view yeah I think the issue I had with this pay-per-view was probably a lot of the matches you just mentioned there I was like I could have done it without those and given all the other matches an extra five minutes yeah, apiece more yeah. time. because you know do I really need to see two minutes of X-Pac and Road Dog do I really need to see this four minutes of you know Undertaker and Kane or the four minutes of fucking Cat and Terry. You know, it's just all, this is really all very necessary. I hate when there's like short shit matches and they're like not long enough for me to kind of go, oh, those are awful. Yeah. But they're kind of, at the end of the night, I'm kind of like, God damn it, I sat through an hour of, of waffle here to get to yeah. the good stuff. Mm. But this was, a, I thought it was a really good show overall. I really enjoyed it. Um, my match of the night, a pretty hard one to call. I'm probably going to go. I'm going to go with Jericho and Benoit, I'd say. Very, very closely followed by that main event. I really, really enjoyed the main event. I thought it was really, really great. Nicely weaving in a cool story with, like, that's how you do it. Because I think last yeah. SummerSlam was a fucking train wreck. Them trying to get that triple threat together. Compare it with this triple threat. Remind me what last SummerSlam was? Austin, Summer Mankind and Triple H with Ventura. Oh, Christ, yeah, I remember that now. This was a much smoother affair. Yeah. Yeah. And it was nice to see them build up to SummerSlam in a logical way and come out of it with a plan going forward. Um, MVP, I'm going to go with Kurt Angle. Mainly for, I think... Just kind of became self apparent there. We're making those comments about him getting hurt and him coming back and being yeah being okay. Like wrestling to the point where you wouldn't know that he was concussed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was really, really impressive in this match. Definitely proved himself to be main event player. You know, Brodus Clay here. <laughs> oh, you know, no. Full on, you know, going to get a shit tan, go to NXT and then fuck off. You know, uh, but he definitely proved that he belonged here. You yeah, know, and if you can prove you belong with Rock and Triple H when you've got a concussion, yeah, congratulations, you're a main eventer, like yes, you know, definitely. And that's uh, gonna do it for this episode of the Attitude Era podcast. Gotta thank you very much for tuning in and listening. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher Radio, be sure you subscribe, get all our episodes directly, and leave a rating or review. Some lovely reviews being left recently. Over 200 reviews from UK participants and over 150 from the US. Thank you so much, everyone who leaves us a rating or review. You help us out. You help people find out about this show. So please, if you take a second to do it, thank you so much. If you want to keep it up to date and follow us along, take part in caption contests, leave us some fan art, spoofs and goofs, be sure you head over to facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast and give us a like. And for live tweeting Raw, Smackdown, pay-per-views and everything else in between, of course you should follow us on twitter.com slash Podcast. It's the best way to keep in touch with us and keep up to date with the comings and goings. If you want to watch some videos of our stuff as well, go to youtube.com slash Podcast and you'll find some little highlights of days gone by from the Attitude Era podcast big shout out to our main man Michael Haythorpe who's been making videos like a fiend recently absolutely yeah. stood thank fucking you so much fucking amazing Michael. stuff highlights on the YouTube channel include Mark Henry winning all of the hoes all of the hoes which all funny that hose. even though I watched it on TV and we talked about it on this podcast it only really became apparent what happened when I saw that video again yeah. Yeah. So it was like no what I, we said happens did happen Oh my god, and thank you Michael Haythorn for making that awesome. There are many moments in the podcast where what we're describing sounds like it is too ridiculous to exist. And a lot of those are now on our YouTube channel so that you can see they did exist. Yeah. Also, in terms of video, go and check out our Vine account at AE Podcast. You'll find some more shorter spoofs and goofs on there. Fortune speed. 
stuff and things. They don't know what to but your media. Mate, I thought I told you, Miss Amanda's no Metallica, that shit's not going to get over. Leave it. Adam, fucking sit up, mate. You're not lying down and giving up because of that. I'm done. We're right near the end. End of the podcast now. I'm finished. Next episode, Slayer. Stuff and things, stuff and things, stuff and things. Stuff and things, stuff and things, stuff and things. Well, now I have to come up with a new one. Spoiler alert, man. Fucking hell. God, this is taking some time. Oh, man. Uh, we should mention as well, we're actually recording this in Bristol, or, or we're actually away recording this. The reason why we're able to continue to record the podcast, even though Billy has moved away, is because of amazing fans who purchase our commentary tracks over at selfie.com forward slash podcast for making it possible for the show to continue even though we've had to move to different places. Thank you so much. Our commentary tracks are available for downloading, talking about wrestling movies such as Beyond the Mat and Wrestling with Shadows. Even WWE movies are in on the action such as Stone Cold Steve Austin's The Condemned. And also now as well, for those of you who got the network, we are commentating on some of the big documentary specials there on. Ones including CM Punk's Best in the World available now. They're all $5 or £3. Make sure you head over to Selfie.com and get yourself a slice of commentary. That's going to do it for this episode of the Adagera Podcast. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll catch you next time when we've got, oh shit, Stone Cold Steve Austin's coming back. Uh. Looking for a fight. Yeah, looking for a fight. He wants to know who ran him over. He's going to try and find out next to us. It's Unforgiven 2000.